McDonald's presents Burger Reviews by Hamburglar. Today's review, the hotter, juicier, classic burgers. Hamburglar, the time is yours. Bravo, bravo. He said, these are McDonald's best burgers ever. And then, can I keep them? And then he just grabbed them and ran away. Brobble. Now get a Big Mac or double cheeseburger for two bucks in the app. Limited time only at participating McDonald's. Valid one time per day. Must opt into rewards. Visit McD app for details. Available at most restaurants in this area. Comparison of McDonald's classic burgers to prior burgers. Big sales. I didn't get a Elliot Spitzer Polly Shore update on Jalen because I hear it was a walkthrough. And I like Jamison already out of the gate. Our young players are dominating in helmet and shells. Shit, yeah, baby. They are dominating. Dominating. (laughs) And an hour camp. So by the time I get dressed, drink three cups of water, run a couple sprints, my practice is over. They're dominating. Wow, man, they took that hour of practice and turned it into a narrative. Unbelievable, unbelievable. I will say this, though. I want to give my boy and Paisan brother, Nick Sirianni, some credit. And this goes to all of you out there. When asked the question about the right guard, yeah, Cam Jurgens is our starter today. Yeah, woo! Spoken like a true coach, Sean Payton. He's he's our starter as of today. Is, can, can that change by tomorrow? Can that change by tomorrow? Absolutely. Cam Jurgens is not going to win that job. Tyler Steen's going to win that job. You watch. By the end of the year, The Bama rookie will be the starting right guard for that team. I guarantee you. You thought it was just going to be easy for a guy to take that transition because Landon Dickerson did it. You think Cam Juergens is going to do it. Obviously, the Eagle guys aren't telling you that he's the starter. He's telling you that he's the starter on July 27th. Bang! Bang, bang, bang. (laughs) That's a boomerang reference, just in case you're keeping score. How you doing, everybody? Appreciate you coming aboard. Sirianni, man, subtly likes to tell you the way it is. If you can read through the tea leaves, he's telling you. There's a battle for the right guard position. It's not set in stone. Just like the defensive tackle position with Jordan Davis is not set in stone. Jordan Davis is on the depth chart as the first team defensive tackle. That don't mean he's won that job. He hasn't done anything to deserve that job. Hasn't done anything to deserve that job. How you doing? Come on, maniac. You know what's going on here now, brothers. Absolutely, man. You know what's going on. They're going to have a battle for the running back position, right guard position, linebacker, safeties, some depth at corner. 
there's some jobs to be won here. Number three wide receiver. How you doing, Paisan? Woo! All right. So, tone goes like this to me before we started the show. But, by the way, my boy Philly 500 will join me at 4.30 Eastern. Seth was awesome yesterday. I wish we had more time with him. We'll get him on again. So Sean Payton came off the top rope and then picked up Nathaniel Hackett and the Jets and did a big Van Vader powerbomb on him. Calling him the worst coach in the history of the National Football League. There are a lot of dead bodies there at the Broncos camp. People in the back, we couldn't get a playoff. It was one of the worst coaching jobs in the history of the National Football League. Russell Wilson doesn't have all the blood on his hands on what happened a year ago. Come on, man. What's the end game to that, dude? Worry about your own freaking house. Are you now not getting enough attention or something, guy? You sound like LeBron James. Look at me. Look at me. What is that? Worry about your own thing, man. Shit, you got enough to worry about, guy. Sills, if you could move one player on the current Eagles roster to a different position, who would it be? Well, Lane Johnson to left tackle and put Mulatto over at right tackle. If he's your better tackle, put him at the most important position. That's what I would do. You ask, I answer. If he's the greatest offensive lineman you've ever had, We'll put him at the most critical offensive position in line, left tackle. And see how he does over there. That's what I would do. But Lane's made a career at the right tackle. Okay. You you guys think it's the same. It's not. And it's not even looked at as the same or perceived the same. Left tackles get paid more money. More left tackles make bigger money. That's what I would do. You asked me, I told you. Okay? So Sean Payton thought he'd come off the top rope, like Superfly Snooker. Is it something that we don't... Quan always tells me this. Sills with the obvious. Hey, Sean, did we not know that Daniel Hackett was a horrible coach last year? I think everybody that's even a... Even an outside football fan would go, yeah. Did Russell Wilson have a bad year? Yeah. Did they have horrible coaches? Yeah. Then he turns around and says we had a horrible offensive line, so he blames the players, Nathaniel Hackett, and everyone else, and then takes a shot at the Jets, who didn't want to go on hard knocks for being on hard knocks. Dude, shut the hell up and worry about your own deal. I mean, what, are you the voice of the league now? I personally think Sean Payton's overrated. He's got the same postseason record as Mike McCarthy. What's he done without? Explain to me what he's done without Drew Brees. What has he done without Drew Brees? Do you know who Sean Payton is? He's Phil Jackson. He's never had to have a shitty quarterback. He goes from Brees to Russell Wilson. I don't know. How good a coach is he? We're going to find out about Matt LaFleur here, aren't we? With Jordan Love up in Green Bay, how good a coach he really is. 
We found out how good a coach George Seifert was when Steve Young had to retire. The guy turned out to be a stiff when he went to Carolina. <laughs> yeah, this was everybody else's fault. It wasn't. Now, I get that. He's trying to deflect shade off his guy. He wants to build up Russell. Russell Wilson is so weak that he needs to have Sean Payton take a shit on someone else to make him feel better going into camp. Sounds like that guy needs a little bit more of a backbone. And I'm talking to quarterback. Dude, you need to really be propped up by taking a crap on someone else so that your guy can feel better. And so your coach came to your little aid and said it was everybody else's fault but him. Okay. Wow, dude. Everything Pete, you know what's crazy? Every single thing that Pete Carroll is saying about or was saying about Russell Wilson is true. He's weak. He's soft. He's not the tough guy you think he is. He's not the leader you think he is. He demands a lot. You have to pamper him a little bit. It's true. I think everything Pete didn't like about the guy. I mean, Sean Payton has to really go in and take a shot at a guy who's been out of the building for months and who is the offensive coordinator of the New York Jets. And he feels that that's the end. That's what's the end game. Like it's so unnecessary. And you want it to be public. Hey dude, you can kind of go, Hey, just in, you know, not putting my name on this or anything. And you're talking to a friend in the media or you think you have a friend in the media. This thing was a train wreck a year ago. You could do things subtly, but this guy did a power bomb on him. What a tool. People like that, you don't trust. Because you know why? You're all in this together. Coaches, players, this is a fraternity. You never know who you're working for one day. And you never know who's working for you. So you take a shit on each other, right? Most people don't do that. Players take a shit on an organization. And and then coaches take a shit on the media. Never have I ever seen a coach just absolutely come off the top rope in a situation that everyone knew what was going on in Denver last year. And I want to do something here before I get into my Eagle topics. I want to do something here, and I want to use a better word than what I was going to use because I don't want to offend anybody here too bad. So I'll use the word cattle. Okay, I'll use the word cattle instead of something else. I'll use the word cattle. Let me give you a mentality of an NFL owner on how he sees the players as cattle. Okay, I'll use that word because most of you out there will take what I say, put it out there on the internet and call me a racist. So I'll, I'll, I'll use the word cattle. Because most of you can't handle it. Um, so Jim Irsay came out and thought he'd open up his pie hole talking about the running back position. You know why? He's preempting that he doesn't want to pay Jonathan Taylor already. This was collectively bargained. And this was collectively bargained in good faith. Really? You locked the players out for four months. Good faith? You locked the players out for four months, the owners did. 
After you ripped a CBA that still had years on it left and you didn't like the way the room was set because Gene Upshaw had a 50-50 split, why should the players make as much as us? That's why it's 52-48 now. Collectively bargained in good faith. Jim, you might want to go back and not think that that was a good statement because you're lying. Jim Ursay, either he's lying or he's doped up again on pills or drunk or both. Or he's dumb. Pick one. I don't know. Pick one. That was not collectively bargained in good faith when you locked the players out. And everybody who has ever done a collective bargaining agreement, no matter what the profession or business is, knows that modifications are made when you collectively bargain. When it wobbles, during business, up and downs, pandemics, what have you, Business models and CBAs all are adjusted. Not in the NFL, though. You know why? Because they treat the players like, well, this is for you, cattle. Cattle. He talks down to the guys like he is a cattle owner. Is that good enough for you? Because I know some of you couldn't handle where I would really go, but... He, he's got a, he's got a cattle farm owner's mentality. Is that okay for you guys? I'm sure, you know, that's probably a little bit tempered there for you because I know most of you can't take it. That guy is now telling you he's not paying Jonathan Taylor when his contract comes up. Market value money. Prime example of a, Cattle owner and how people treat the players and owners treat the players. Guys like Hugh Culverhouse. Okay? Cattle owner. Talking down to his cattle. There you go. Uh, people in the media, you know, they don't have a backbone to stand with. And most of you can't take it because you're soft. Well, I hate owners like Jim Ursay. Guy puts his ass on the line, plays his balls off for you. Jonathan Taylor's been a great running back in Indianapolis since he came out of Wisconsin. What's this guy do? He's already setting the table, talking shit on his player who's done nothing but play hard for him. That's why that organization's a train wreck and always has been. That's why they don't win. They bullshitted the fans in Baltimore. They're bullshitting the fans in Indianapolis. They underachieved with Peyton Manning and Tony Dungy in Indianapolis, and it trickles down. That's why that guy sucks. Am I wrong? He doesn't look at his players as business partners. He looks at his players as cattle. Okay? All right. Can you imagine? You got a contract of a guy. He's going into training camp, Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor is going into training camp, getting ready for a great 2023 season, wants to play his ass off for the Colts. You got an owner telling you, and he's putting it out there. He's not going to pay you no matter what you do. You could have 2,500 yards this year. 
I'm not paying you. Oh, why should I play hard for you? Well, let me ask you this. Tone everyone else. Why wouldn't I make a business decision if I was a running back during a season? Why should I give you 100% of my effort if I get nicked up or a twisted ankle? Why should I go the extra mile for you? Do you understand what you're doing? And players would not look down on that. If you're not going to pay me, you're telling me no matter if I have 2,500 yards or 205 yards, you're not going to pay me anyway. Why wouldn't I make a business decision? Lamar Jackson made a business decision and you still paid his ass. Why would, think about that. That guy didn't play in a goddamn playoff game last year. He didn't play the rest of the season. Remember what he said? He was 85%. Shit, both Hurts and Mahomes. And Jalen didn't have his money yet. They weren't playing at 100%, but they played. Lamar made a business decision. He's making $50 million now. If I'm a running back or any player that I feel is being hosed, dude, this is a message for every NFL player out there. The only way to change the market because your union sucks, and I'm a part of that union. I even posted my union card on my Twitter page. Your union blows. The only way that you're going to change this is if you start making business decisions. If you're 85% and you're in a contract year or you're making a ton of money, I'm not giving you the extra effort because you're not giving me the benefit of the doubt that we're going to have a collectively good conversation when my contract is up. Why should I? Give me one reason, if I'm a running back in the NFL right now, why I should go the extra, the extra length. Why? For my... For my teammates who are getting paid around me like in New York? Why should I do that? And by the way, anybody who doesn't think that players in the locker room wouldn't back that guy, you're assholes. If I saw a guy that was on my roster and I saw how he was treated like Saquon Barkley and he was 85% but didn't want to go in, I would say I would do the same thing. I would do the same thing. Why should I go the extra mile for you? This is going to be a problem one day. You're going to see players make more business decisions, especially at positions that the owners are trying to modify salary caps and franchise tag numbers on. Why would I give you the extra effort? Okay? JM goes, Brady Dungy underperformed? Well, according to Tone, one Super Bowl in Indianapolis. You don't believe that Tony Dungy should have won more Super Bowls with Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne, Marshall Falk, Edgerin James, Dallas Clark, and Peyton Manning, and Tony Dungy, and the um, Bill Polian. So you had a Hall of Fame general manager, Hall of Fame head coach, Hall of Fame quarterback, two Hall of Fame running backs, Hall of Fame wide receivers, and you don't think he should have won more than one Super Bowl. We'll agree to disagree on that. No, you're right. 
He overachieved. Anyway, once again, shit, dude, JM. Roethlisberger won more Super Bowls at one place than Dungey did during the Brady era. Eli Manning won more Super Bowls than Peyton Manning did at Indianapolis. I mean, those two guys won more than one. You're right. They overachieved in Indy. Once again, though, if I'm a running back in the NFL or a safety or a linebacker, I would say this to you. If I'm 75 to 95%, I may not play for you. And if you don't like it, change it and pay me. India is one of the biggest underachievers in history. Tone, everyone tells me about the 85 Bears. You won one Super Bowl. Shit, Washington won three with three different with three different quarterbacks during that era. 49ers won five. Giants won two. I mean, okay. <laughs> I mean, that 85 Bears team underachieved. One Super Bowl doesn't one year doesn't make you great. It's all good, dude. I don't care. I would say this to you. What it, hey, if you worked in a building and you were giving max effort and your boss was continuing to underpay you, would you go the extra mile? Now, some people, again, it's just built in you because, dude, you know how deflating that is? When you work in a company that doesn't pay you for your value, Do you know how deflating that is? We all know what that means because we're all in it. Do you know how deflating that is? You have to have like internal and intestinal fortitude in yourself and belief in yourself and keep pushing ahead because you push ahead, you're going to push through. And when you push through, whatever that looks like, here, there, over there, here, you're going to get there because you never lowered your own standards. You know when you're in a shitty company. You know it. The Colts are a shitty company. Guy comes out a year in advance. Year in advance. And tells his running back, you could go for 3,000 yards this year. I'm not paying you. Well, When you need me and I'm at 95%, I'm making a business decision because I'm getting the F out of here. I'm not playing for you. I'd rather take less money. Do you know if I'm Jonathan Taylor right now? I don't know if you guys feel this way, but if I'm Jonathan Taylor, I'd rather take less money and leave that environment because of what that guy did. I'd rather take less money than work for a guy like that. Just Mike says, sometimes satisfaction is the only reward. After a while, though, Mike, those pats on the back don't work. Don't you get tired of pats on the back? We all have to grow up. Who in the who in the right mind wants pats on the back? 
Spike says, Sills is a Bucks fan. I'm not a Bucks fan. I played for him. Dude, you don't know me from a can of paint, Spike. I have no favorite team. That's why I could talk with truth. I don't have a favorite team. I had a favorite team when I was a kid because my uncle played in the Hall of Famer with the Giants. Okay? Other than that, I played for the Bucs. That's it. Don't mean I'm fan. I'm friendly with them, fans with them. They asked me to come and do things. Anyway, whatever. All right, let me move on. Not getting into a back and forth with people who want to try to justify winning one Super Bowl. Tony Dungy underachieved, JM. Completely underachieved. His best work was in Tampa. Not in Indianapolis. It wasn't. Underachieved. His best work is what he did in Tampa. Fans will never truly respect athletes they root for. By nature, they only care about what they get out of it. The reality is these players are human beings that work for a company like most of us. We all want to feel valued. True. We all want to be compensated based off of our production. But that's never the case. You can love where you work. How many times have you ever added this up correctly and it all lined up great for you? You loved where you work. You were compensated for your work. You, you enjoyed the people that you worked with. How many times have all three of those things ever panned out? How many times in your life has that ever panned out for you? Then you'd be a lucky player or you'd be a lucky person, okay? You would. All right. Let's move on to our topics here. By the way, someone do me a favor. Um, will somebody give me the Elliot Spitzer Shore um, update if we get one? Okay. Will we? Will we? Will we? Do me a favor. Will we get one? All right. Here we go. We wrote down again some of the, because some of you guys yesterday had some of the issues that I was saying. And, you know, there was even a guy who came on the the show who said, um, hey, Seals, you make it sound like the Philadelphia Eagles haven't been to the playoffs in the last 20 years. You got to understand something here, what we're doing. We're talking about a football team that has an opportunity to do something that hasn't been done in 53 years. You know what that is? Lose the Super Bowl, go back and win one. It's only happened one time the Kansas City Chiefs did it. And for me to believe the Eagles are going to do it, highly unlikely. The odds are against you. What helps you is the fact that the NFC sucks. There's a few teams. Now, again, War of Attrition is also going to play a factor in the AFC. Okay? Absolutely. So I wrote some questions down yesterday. Last night, I thought of a couple more, and I thought we'd hit on them. Some more questions that I have about the Eagles as they enter a training camp and get ready to defend the NFC Championship. Let me throw this at you here. Do the Eagles really have a competition for the punter spot with the people they have in camp? 
They drafted a guy in Sippos. That's not a competition. That's surrendering. Is it really a competition? Why are you? The Eagles don't value a punter. Do you know that there's only one player on the field that could change field position for you to help your defense and your offense? That's the punter. If you have a weapon like that, you know one of the things that the Raiders had during the 70s and early 80s? They had Ray Guy, Reggie Roby down in Miami. Do you think that there's any coincidence that during those guys' careers, those franchises won a ton of games, ton of division titles, and were constantly in conference championships? Why? Because if your offense and defense were not playing well, you had one guy on the field that could potentially change the field position for you and put you in a better position to try to at least win games. Even games you were outmatched in. Even game, there's no coincidence that when you have elite guys like that, your franchise is usually good because that one player can change field position for you. Okay? Totally change the game. All the great ones, if you look at their records, most of Reggie Roby, Ray Guy, Raiders and Dolphins were elite. 10 games, 11, 12 games. They were constantly winning. Ton of three and outs in a game. Your putter, he's as a, as sometimes the punter is just as important as the quarterback, especially if your offense is stuttering. The Eagles don't have one. I don't truly believe that you really have a competition going on. You get two stiffs in the building. Matterism, man. Go sign the kid. He's been exonerated. Who gives a shit what some of you bleeding hearts think? Okay? Completely exonerated. 100% exonerated. Falsely accused. Kid did nothing. Go sign him. He could instantly help the Eagles more than any player that they've signed in the offseason to bring into the... He'd be your number one offseason acquisition right now if you signed him. Okay? Ishmael goes, you lost me on that one? Why? He's been exonerated. He did nothing wrong. But of course, because you read Twitter and the internet, (laughs) he's innocent. The district attorney said it. He's innocent. Oh, yeah. You think you're going to win championships with quiet boys? Exonerated. Exonerated. That's all I need. I'm not running a prayer service here. I'm running a football team. Second question. What linebacker do you believe steps up this year? You don't have any linebackers right now. 
as of July 27th, you got dudes' names on a depth chart. Who steps up? Who becomes a player in your linebacking court? It's the weakest linebacking court in National Football League. I looked at the linebackers around the National Football League. I would put the Eagles at the bottom third for experience and talent when it comes to your linebacker room. You got one of the worst linebacker rooms in the United in the NFL. You all remember that year the Chargers were number one in offense and defense but missed the playoffs because their special teams were so bad. Brandon, that's because the Spanos family refuses to spend money on special teams, and that's why they don't win games or hold leads in playoff games. Okay? The Eagles have one of the worst linebacker rooms in the NFL, and you know it. These players are going to, someone has to step up. Someone has to step up. And you're all hoping it's Dean. I don't know the kick of play yet. We'll see. As of today, you don't get red shirt years in the NFL. Only quarterbacks get red shirt years. Well, you know, he had a chance to learn behind Kaiser White. Really? You heard what Seth did. Seth played the Sam, the Will. Then he transitioned into the Mike. But he played on Gang Green. What's the difference between Seth Joyner and Gang Green and N'Kobe Dean in this defense? Nothing. Seth was a later pick. What's the difference? Seth was on a more talented defense than you had a year ago. That defense that Seth Joyner played on led the NFL in points allowed, rush defense, pass defense. He played on that. It was the top unit in the league for three years. Okay? He played... Dean didn't. Seth said it yesterday. Went from Sam to Will to Mike. He goes, that's how I made my transition. That guy never saw the field. Unless you were doing some sort of mop-up work. (laughs) And get this. Seth Joyner was like a sixth-round pick. Fifth-round pick, something like that. Surely there were more veteran guys and supposed talented guys on Buddy Ryan's 46 defense back in the day when they brought Seth Joyner in. Seth started making those transitions in 86 when Buddy was brought in. Okay. Worst linebacking core in the league as of right now. You got a guy from Chicago. You got another guy you're hoping. What's the guy's name? The backup guy that you're talking about? And Dean. Who, who, who's the guy that looks like everyone's like all of a sudden now starting to fall in love with? Seth was an eighth round pick. Tone's right. It doesn't even exist anymore. He would have been an undrafted free agent. 
Seth Joyner wouldn't have got drafted. So you got Christian Ellis. I thought he was named after a pair. Is that guy named after a pair of jeans? Or shoes? Oh, that's Christian Louboutin. I'm sorry. Is that right? I don't know. What do I know? Okay. Got a great linebacking core. Do you really? Who? Christian Louboutin. He's 6'3", 233. That would be an improvement as far as I'm concerned because with the guys you lost a year ago, you're smaller. You're smaller. All right, let's move on. I don't want to beat that up. I did it yesterday. Here's another one for you. You think the Eagles have enough depth at corner? You think they have enough depth at cornerback? So if like Bradbury goes down, or Bradbury's not even on the top 100 players in the league, I, that's a complete. That's not. That's not honorable, because he is a really good ball player. I I like him. Okay, I I like James Bradbury. I do. I don't like Slay anymore. I think Slay's out of gas. I think that guy is going to look like Jalen Ramsey did last year with the Rams. He'll get beat early, and then he'll have an excuse of injuries and shut it down. That's what I see in that guy because his ego is bigger now than his ability. He couldn't take it in the offseason that other people were getting love and money, so he opened up his pie hole. And in my opinion, what will happen He'll shut this bitch down. You watch because after he starts getting beat because he's playing against better quarterbacks, you watch what he does. That's my prediction on him. You watch. Okay? Jalen Ramsey, I saw that, man. I hope everything's cool with him. Got hurt today down in Miami. Um, And they're really counting on him to be a force and factor on that Dolphin defense with Vic Fangio. Um. You're telling me you have enough depth at corner. I don't know if you do. We're going to find out. Okay. Drafted a couple guys. Rookies. No experience. Okay. There's no veteran experience. You see, you know what you could have did a year ago? You had Gardner Johnson in the slot, right? Well, if one of those guys got hurt, you could have moved him back to his natural position and played him at corner. You had depth a year ago. I don't know you have the depth this year to sustain an injury like you had a year ago. You can move more. You had more movable pieces um, last year than you did this year. The current depth, that corner is there, but they're definitely unproven. Right. That's more my point than whether they're good or not. And let me ask you this. So you think running backwards 35 times a game, guy's never done it in the NFL versus Justin Jefferson as a rookie or facing Josh Allen or Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers and you're a rookie. How do you think that's going to look? You think you're comfortable with that? We're going to find out if one of your guys goes down. To Tone's point, I don't care what kind of talent you have. You think you got Sauce Garner behind one of these guys? I do not. Again, we'll see. 
Here's another one for you. Well, one of the new defensive tackles played to the level of play of Hardgrave a year ago in 2022. 11 sacks. What was it, 60 tackles? Do you think you have a defensive tackle on your football team right now that is going to give you Javon Hardgrave numbers of a year ago. Hey, Tone, do me a favor or someone. How many tackles did he have? I think he had 11 sacks a year ago. Okay, I I think it was 11 sacks. I want to say he had 60 tackles, 55 tackles, somewhere in there. Do you think you have a guy right now? So you, Mike thinks that Jalen Carter in his rookie year is going to equal 11 sacks. 60 tackles, and 10 tackles for loss. 16 quarterback hits. He thinks Jalen Carter's going to do that this year. Just Mike just said he believes that Jalen Carter will have 11 sacks, 10 TFLs, 60 tackles, and 16 quarterback hits. Really? 37 solos, almost 40 solo tackles. King Brown goes, um, I don't think so. And I'm an Eagle fan. Davis ain't giving you any sacks. He'd probably give you four. Carter, if he can give you six, seven, and you can equal that, It took two guys to equal what Hargrave did. That means this. You got Lesser in rotation, too, because you had Sue and Linville Joseph a year ago. You understand what we're talking about here? It's going to take two guys to equal one. Well, who's your rotation guy? Milton Williams? Okay, and I like him. Milton Williams, though, no disrespect to Milton Williams, ain't a Dominican Sue. Even at this age. And if you're going to tell me I'd rather have rotation guys like Sue and Joseph helping out in the run game than having to have two guys try to equal what Hardgrave did, you're going to have to have two guys equal what Hardgrave. I don't believe that. And I like Carter. I think you're not going to equal that total. 60 tackles? 10 tackles for loss? You really think you're going to equal that total? You're going to, it's going to take two guys to equal that at best. Remember, I said this. Keep an eye on that stat. Keep an eye on that stat. And, and hey, listen, I've said it to you, and I'll say it again to you. I think that Jalen Carter is going to be a star. But I'm talking about 2023 here. Are you going to be able to duplicate the stats that Hardgrave put out there in 2022? No way. You so listen to this one. You don't you have to replace 60 tackles, 10 TFLs, 11 sacks. Then you have to turn around and you have to replace four 
interceptions and 160 tackles. Then you have to turn around and replace 91 tackles with Epps. I sure hope you have your confidence hat on. You're going to need it. You truly think you got a safety back there that's going to get you 91 tackles? Here's another one. How do you get Nolan Smith on the field? How do you get him on the field? I like him. There's there's a there seems to be an it factor with this kid for me. I, I like him. I do. I like him. I've liked him from day one, and I didn't like him pre-draft. I I, I thought I just didn't see. I go, it's kind of you know, he's kind of reminding me of a little bit. He's reminding me of my my friend Kevin Green, God rest his soul. You see, the Rams, they really didn't know how to play him when they first got him because he was like one of those tweener guys. He's not really a great linebacker, and he's kind of too small to put down in a three-point stance. So he became a tweener, one of these guys that was a hybrid guy, and they rushed him, and they figured out a position for him, and he turned out to be a Hall of Fame guy. They really didn't know how to work Kevin Green. Okay? Actually, pre-draft, it's not like you didn't like him. Just a right. That that that's that's fair. That's that's a, that's that's a better take right there, Tone. You're right. I didn't think he was the tenth pick. That's right. I, yeah, that I, I thought he was a first round prospect. I just didn't think where people were talking about him being in the top ten. I I, I never thought he but now I like him. I like him because the way he handles himself, speed, his athleticism, the organization loves him. Tracy thinks he's a star in the rising. And so when Tracy says it, I'm with him. I'm, 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 I'm going to obviously always give Tracy Rocker the benefit of the doubt. You know what they're figuring? They're, they got to get him on the field, they're thinking. How are they going to get him on the field? That's going to be something um, – you have to get him on the field, okay? And I did. I did say that I think this kid could lead this team in sacks. If you figure it out, if you figure it out, he could be a force in your pass rush. Dude, 4-3. I don't, know, I don't care what anyone says. You run a 4-3 and you're as athletic and you're a good football player, you got to find a place for him. You just can't sit him on the sidelines chewing on ice. I want to find a spot for this guy. How are the Eagles going to get him on the field? Again, I'm not ripping anything here. But what I am doing, I'm going to say this to you. I think Vic Fangio would have found a place and designed a package like Jim Johnson did for Hugh Douglas. Well, Sean Desai had that same kind of latitude. And and let me throw this at you. So if you're Sean Desai 
and you got Matt Patricia as a hawk over you. I saw the comments that Sirianni said, man, he's been a great asset for me. Are you threatened by that? That you have a watchdog over you? Human nature would tell you, yes. This, this is my defense, kind of. That's what they're, he's the defensive coordinator for the Eagles, kind of. Kind of. Boy, I sure haven't heard Nick Sirianni talk about, wow, I'll tell you what, it's an upgrade having Sean Desai as the D coordinator in the building. Man, I'll tell you what, man, we're already seeing some of the new wrinkles and we're already seeing some of the new installments and installations that he's putting into the defense. Those installments, man, they really look like they're going to be a force this year, which means we're probably going to be more aggressive. I haven't heard any of that. I heard this. Man, I'll tell you what, man, having Matt Patricia around here is a godsend. He's somebody I defer to. Holy shit. You don't defer to your DC? Okay. You might not feel threatened by that, but I would. So you got a consultant for your defense. Why? He hasn't even been a coordinator in one game yet. You you mean, I don't know. You wouldn't feel threatened. Not me. It's the Eagles. So if you at your job, your boss goes like this, he hires someone. And you're the boss of a department. And your boss hires a guy to sit next to his office. And he's been brought in to be a consultant for your for your division. You wouldn't feel threatened by that. Hmm. Well, you're a better man than me. Latif goes, I believe they'll be professional. Why would I be professional when you're hiring somebody to watch over me? Why would I be a pro? Being a pro is let people do their jobs. That's a pro. When an organization hires somebody and empowers that person, do you know how you become professional? By empowering people, not by watching over them and not by sticking your face into rooms that you have no place sticking your face into. That's, that's not professional. That's meddling. That's what Jerry Jones does. That's meddling. Just saying. Not me, Phil. I wouldn't feel threatened. <laughs> Keep it going, guys. I love it. Here's another one. Does Derek Barnett make the team? Help me out on this one. What's he doing in Philly? What's Derek Barnett doing on your roster? I've never seen a guy. Well, how many red shirt ears does he have now? Six? Five? I've, I've, I've lost count. Of how many years he's been on scholarship in Philly. 
How many years? Six? Six years. Six years he's been on scholarship. Okay. Why? He's not produced. He's taking a roster spot away. I'm I'm trying to figure out why is he on your football team? Why is he on your team? Is there a place for Derek Barnett on the Philadelphia Eagles in 2023? Do you think he makes the roster? Howie doesn't want to have to cut another first-rounder, does he? Is that what this is? How many first-rounders has Howie actually cut in the last three years? Let's see. Rager, he got nothing for. He let loose Andre Dillard. And this will be another one of Derek Barnett. So all those first-round draft choices have not panned out. Derek Barnett, do you understand what Derek Barnett and the significance? Do you guys know what the significance of Derek Barnett is? Do, do you understand what the significance of Derek Barnett is? If Derek Barnett had panned out to be what Derek Barnett was supposed to be when they evaluated him, Hassan Reddick's not on your team. But because of the failure of Derek Barnett, the organization had to go buy a rusher and an edge rusher. They had to go buy one. Okay? So it cost them a first-round pick. Rager, Dillard, Wentz, and Barnett have been stiffs. Three premium positions. Quarterback, left tackle, wide receiver, and edge rusher with Barnett. All three positions that the football team had to go out and make acquisitions. How about this? All three, they had to, all four actually, like Tone just said, all four, they had to go into the market to replace their failures in the draft. Okay? Well, no, because they covered it with uh, Mulata. They got lucky in the seventh round with Mulata. Seventh rounders, really? Okay. Look, it's Stoutland, it's not luck. I give it to you. Okay. But you... Failed on a left tackle. You failed on a wideout. You had to go get AJ. You're failing at an edge rusher in Barnett. You had to go get Hassan. Right? And you had to draft another quarterback, and you failed at that with Wentz. All four premium positions. He failed in the draft on. It's not an opinion. His actions speak to it because he released those other three. And Barnett's still on the team for some reason. You failed at edge rusher. You failed at quarterback. You failed at receiver. And you failed at edge. Now, look, he's not immune to missing in the draft. I'm not just 17 of the 22 guys that were in a Super Bowl were drafted. That's a great record over the last four years. And they have gotten better. And they have gotten better. Okay? 
2009 says that Wentz and Barnett were great in the Super Bowl year. Dude, when you draft a guy, like I said to you, one year doesn't make a career. I don't give a shit what you did. When you draft a guy in the first round, you're drafting a starter for 10 years, you're hoping. That's what the goal is. It doesn't have to be a pro bowler. He's got to be a starter. First rounders are not rotation DTs. You draft in the second, third, and fourth for rotation. Guy's been on your team six years. Six years. Okay. He says that Barnett and Wentz weren't stiffs. Okay. Okay. I'm going to get to my my other Eagle topic here in a second. Got a ton of questions here. I love this time of year too, dude. So much stuff going on. So much stuff going on. Um, our entire D line is a rotation. Don't don't you get our your entire D line is a rotation. Last year, your rotation was Adamican Sue, Linville Joseph, Javon Hardgrave, and Fletcher Cox. With a sprinkle of Jordan Davis. This year, your rotation is Jalen Carter, Jordan Davis, Milton Williams, and the dude from the Saints. You're trying to tell me you think your rotation this year will equal the rotation in the production of a year ago. Good luck. You won't have a D tackle on your football team. Put up 60 tackles and 10 TFLs and 16 hits on the quarterback and 11 sacks. Not a chance in hell. Nobody will. I'm hoping Jalen Carter can get near six sacks, seven sacks. Okay, that's a lot to ask from a rookie. Be a better rookie year than Jerome had. Jordan Davis is not going to give you that. He'll be around 30 tackles max with three sacks. Write it down. Okay. Eagle guy goes, this idiot thinks Linville Joseph is Aaron Donald. No, I think with the, it, who said that? Once again, Eagle fan hears what he wants to hear. The only reason that your boy Reddick took off in the second half of the season is because the pathetic run defense you had in the first eight games was rectified by Howie by bringing those guys in. Okay? You were pathetic. You were at 22. Your run defense for two years has been below average. Now you got lesser experience, idiot. And the effect that Linville Joseph and Adamic and Sue had on your run defense allowed for 70 sacks because you could rush off the edge. You can't stop the run. They'll do what the Chiefs did to you the first year they played Nick Sirianni's coaching staff. They'll kick the shit out of you. Can you imagine that? Think about what that jackass just said here. A team like Kansas City who doesn't even run the ball ran the ball down your throat at Lincoln Financial for 238 yards. Mahomes didn't even have to break a sweat. They blew you off the field in your own barn. 
bite your own game. Not a lie. Facts. Facts. We'll see. I can't. Hey, man, this is going to be a fun year. Holy cow. What an absolute fun day. Yes, sir, man. My boy Philly 500 is going to join me at 430 Eastern. We got a problem. Houston, we have a problem. By the way, I want to dive into your, um, let me see. What would you call your collection of running backs? A quorum? (laughs) What, what What would you call these guys? A village? What would you call your running back room? What, what would you call your running back room? Let's see, a village, a quorum. Um, I want to dive into it here and throw some facts at it. What, what, let's see what Tone says. A bundle. <laughs> yeah. Like getting your cable. Can I bundle it? Yeah. <laughs> look at Look at that. Stacked. With what? Oh, this is going to be fun. A stable of thoroughbreds. Three-headed beast. Yes, sir, baby. A platoon. A bushel. A harem. <laughs> I actually like I like the harem. All right. Hour number two. My boy Philly 500 will join us. Keep it right here on the National Football Show. Stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV. Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement. But would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 
58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really, don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left. Fake a mama. Mama, go up, up, up. She did it. Again? You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. E A G L E S. Eagles. Big Sales National Football Show. Hit the like button. Our boy Philly 500 will join us. Joe Burrow carted off the field. Um, Yet to know what the magnitude of the injury is yet, but being carted off the field is never a good sign, especially for a guy that's had knee injuries two of the last four years. Um, And in a position where he's negotiating a contract, an organization like the Bengals, you think they're going to give him max money? when he's been injured two times in four years now, especially if it's significant, the best thing that could happen for the Bengals is that this guy misses a little bit of time because that number will not be over Justin Herbert. You can't quantify or justify giving a guy who's had two knee injuries in the early part of his career um, a max contract, $55 million. Why would I do that? Why in – Common sense would tell me I shouldn't do that. Or the length of the contract has to be negotiated. Are we going to work on three-year contracts? It's a calf injury. If it's a calf injury, okay, he could miss the entire season. I've blown my calf out. That's a, that's a devastating injury. Okay? Now, it's more of a muscle pull, which is not a structural pull or a break which is great in a way, but still you're talking about an organization that will find any way to try to nickel and dime this guy out of not making max money. Um, you know, I keep hearing people and I keep seeing people talk about Kenny Pickett. Mike Tomlin came out this morning and said, Kenny Pickett's got to be the guy who we drafted, which means he wasn't very impressed with what he did a year ago. Those are Mike Tomlin's words. Mike Tomlin said he's got to be the guy we drafted. Well, the guy that played last year wasn't impressive. He wasn't impressive, and he did not impress Mike Tomlin. Okay? Those are Mike Tomlin's words. Those aren't my words. Kenny Pickett's got to be better. He's got to be the guy who we thought we drafted, which means he wasn't impressed with what they did, and he – In 2022, I don't care what opinion you have of him. The head coach doesn't have a high opinion of him now. As far as I'm concerned, Mike Tomlin has put him on blast and said, we'll see. You can make it any way you want. And you could dissect Mike Tomlin's own words. We'll see. If there is a big zipper on his wallet, 
there is going to be an even bigger lock on his wallet now. Good luck, Joe Burrow. Right. If I, hey, th- the best thing happened to the Bengals is Burrow got hurt. Because now Mike Brown gets to go, well, man, gee, you know, we can't be giving you $56 million a year when you're constantly injured. We need you on the field. Now, again, we'll see. We'll see what the extent is. Okay? We will. We'll see what the extent is. So, by the way, now if the Bengals do lose Burrow for any kind of significant period of time, does that move the Jets up? Especially since Dalvin Cook is going to visit the Jets this weekend. Okay? You put Dalvin Cook now on the Jets, and you have Rodgers and all the tools around him. Does that now push them up a little bit in the pecking order now, the AFC? If Burrow loses significant time, okay? If he loses significant time, um, I got to think the Jets move up in that order a little bit. And also, too, I would say that the Jags move up in that order and the Buffalo Bills clearly move up to the two-hole because right now I think it's Chiefs, Bengals, Bills in the AFC with the Jags kind of knocking on the door. The Jets just outside the room but now, if you lose Burrow, they go to the bottom. Ravens move up even. It's going to be a tight race in the AFC, to say the least, okay? A tight race. I'm going to get to my my running back room here with the Eagles here in a second, okay? But I do want to say something here also. Just to show you something when it comes to value. Browns move up too. Absolutely, the Browns. I think people are sleeping on the Browns, actually. I think they're sleeping on them. All right, I want to show you something here before we move on to your so-called, um, what, what, did, what did Tone call the Eagle running back room? A bundle. I'm going to use bundle. Bundle of guys. Um, I want to show you something here. Let me take a good look at this. All right. Yeah. All right. Here are the top 10 highest paid quarterbacks in the NFL. Let's start from 10 and go to one. Daniel Jones, 40 million bucks, tied with Dak at 40 million. Nine, Josh Allen, 43 million. Patrick Mahomes is the eighth highest paid quarterback in the NFL at $45 million a year. Keep that in your mind and hold that in the other hand for a minute. Deshaun Watson, $46 million, is at seven. Kyler Murray is at 46-1, Cardinals. Russell Wilson's at $49 million, Broncos. Aaron Rodgers is fourth at $50.3 million, Jets. Jalen Hurts. 51 million third, Eagles. Lamar Jackson, 52 million, two. Ravens. Justin Herbert, 52.5 million bucks, number one. What do all these guys have in common? Except for Rodgers. Now, one's won a Super Bowl, except for Rodgers and Mahomes, two of the 10. How many guys have been to conference championship games? Herbert, no. Jackson, no. Hurts, yes. Rodgers, yes. 
Russell Wilson, yes. Kyler Murray, no. Deshaun Watson, no. Mahomes, yes. Allen, no. Dak, no. And Jones, no. 70% of this list has ever been to a conference title game. So just because you pay these guys don't mean they're good. Or they're going to carry your team to where you want. I could get Brock Purdy with the Niners. Get to a conference championship game with a $900,000 guy. Is it really important to have a guy that if you can't be 100% sold, he's going to win you a Super Bowl to pay that guy that money? I don't know. Is it worth it to have an un... The Eagles do it different. They pay their guy up front. The other teams don't. So Jalen Hurts, in my opinion, organizationally, I think he's got the best deal on this list because the cap hits don't kill the team. Okay? The cap hits don't don't hurt the team. Daniel Jones hurts the Giants more than Jalen Hurts, and Hurts makes more. Think of that. Okay? You can draft a guy who's Mr. Irrelevant and go to a conference title game for 900 grand. So last year, if you think about it, a $51 million quarterback versus a $900,000 quarterback played in the NFC title game. What position would you rather be in? Why would I spend money to get the same effect that the nine? What would I, why am I paying that money again? And again, I'm not just talking about Jalen. I'm talking about Herbert, all the rest of the, why would I spend $52 million if I'm not going anywhere with it? Because why again? You have to have a really good quarterback. Do you? Don't you have to have a quarterback that's, Fiscally responsible to your cap versus paying a guy like Kyler Murray. What's Kyler Murray doing on this list? Oh, I know why. You guys told me because he was next up. It doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't make sense to pay a guy because, well, he's good. Sills, are you trying to tell me you don't think Dak Prescott's better than Cooper Rush? I'm not telling you that. Dak's obviously better, but he goes just as far as Dak. You're telling me I can have better players around him? I can build a team around Cooper Rush better than I can build a team around Dak Prescott. Here's something else to think about. I don't think you guys really even put this out there. Amari Cooper would still be on the Dallas Cowboys if they weren't paying Dak Prescott $50 million a year. He wouldn't be on the team. He'd still be on the team. So you'd have CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper as your wide receivers and Brandon Cook. And you would have, that'd be your wide receiving core. Just saying. So you're going to pay all these, I mean, 
Look at look at look at Patrick. Hey, and for the record, when do you think the Kansas City Chiefs and Clark Hunt go to Lee Steinberg and go? Patrick Mahomes is underpaid. Do you think the Chiefs are going to go to Patrick Mahomes and say, "Hey, listen, we like to restructure your deal and give you more money"? Don't you feel obligated? If you're the Kansas City Chiefs, don't you feel obligated that you should pay that man what he's done here over the last five, six years? You know, here's a guy here again that's lived up to expectations and then went through the ceiling with expectations. How come the Kansas City Chiefs aren't restructuring a contract? Are they waiting for the Burrow deal to get done? That could be. That could be. Twenty eight goes like this. That's why they gave him a ten year deal. They can move the money around. He's underpaid. The contract is undervalued. That's why I tell people don't sign those ten year contracts. Sign shorter term contracts with more money. You could sign three or four year contracts, get the same money, and the market value of your contract. You'll never be below market value every four years. You'll be right in line in the top five. Patrick Mahomes is almost out of the top 10. Highest paid players in the league. Do you know that? By next year, well, he'll move down again, so he'll be ninth. And Dak Prescott and Daniel Jones won't be in the top 10 making 40. Josh Allen will be 10th. Okay. Mahomes will be ninth. By next year, he's not seventh. He's eighth. I just gave you the totals. Quan goes that Dak is overpaid. Is Justin Herbert overpaid? Yes. Is Lamar Jackson overpaid? I don't know. Kyler Murray overpaid? Prescott and Daniel Jones overpaid? Mm. <clears throat> Unbelievable. Philly 500 at 430. All right. I'm going to throw something at you here. What, 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 a, what a tone call the Eagle running back room. I know a lot of media people in Philly love your collection of running backs. Thought I heard on the radio stars in the making. Tone uses bundle. Deep. What kind of running back room do you think you have? I asked you this before, but I'm going somewhere else. What do you think you have? Island of Misfit Toys? I'm kind of believing in that. But that's okay. Because I'm going to prove a point to you here. Our RB room. Packed. Hungry Wolves. Yes, sir, baby. I'm pretty sure that Elliot Spitzer Shore Parks or whatever 
is going to have an update on us daily when it comes to the running back room. It's a motley crew, bunch of shit. <laughs> All right, here, let me go here now. Here are your running backs, and I'm going to give you three for one. All for one. Old team, old team spirit. I like it. I like it all for one. Got a bunch of really great ball players. Here is who you are. Okay? Here is who you are. I'll give you the good news first. DeAndre Swift, last three years, 40 games. Let's see what that comes out to there. Let's see. Uh, 40 out of 50. Eh. So in 50 possible games, 40 he was active for. He had 16 starts. Okay. Okay. 16 starts. Hold Sills, make sure you do Swift justice with his yards and combo. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm not, I'm not talking. Wait, wait. I'm talking about his availability. I'm talking about his availability here. I'm not talking about anything else. This is who DeAndre, I'm not talking about numbers here. Look at, look at Tone getting, Sills, you know, you know, you, you like, I do like Swift. Hold on. (laughs) Tone's like, Tone's like me. The only back I truly care about too is DeAndre Swift. The rest of that garbage you can keep. You could take it out every Tuesday as far as I'm concerned. I don't care. I could care less about the other dudes you have in there, man. To me, they're like trash cans. The only guy I truly care about is DeAndre Swift. The rest of them, they're trash cans. Okay? They're just trash cans to me. All right. (laughs) So, wait, wait, I'm not done yet with Swift. Look at Tone, man, putting the brakes on this conversation. Whoa, made it get a little... People get a little sensitive in Philly when you start talking about their great room of backs. Or, whoa, 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 wait, I got to go back here. What is it? Bundle. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Gatewell's not trash. <laughs> He's a garbage can. Just stands there on the sidelines like a trash can. Throw cups and shit into it. Rolled up tape. That's what you do to trash cans. You just throw, you throw your shit in there and you take it out. Eventually, sometimes gets out there on the street. You bring it back. You put it on the sidelines and you throw your trash in it. <laughs> that That's what your boys are. These guy, Boston and this guy, Gainwell. They're trash cans. Okay. But let me get, let me, let me get back to Swift. Wait, I got multiple backs. Three years, 40 games, he's missed 10 in three years. 
Not horrible. 16 starts out of 50 potential games, less than half. And so he averages 13 games played a year. Not horrible. We have Terrell Davis, a quarterback. Come on, he's better than that. This is who DeAndre Swift is the last three years. He plays in 13 games, and he'll start about five games for you a year. That's who he is. And an organization that moved him on draft day so they could draft a kid from Bama because they thought he'd be an upgrade. Now, I think they're wrong in Detroit. I do. Ah, Eagle, man. You trash can gain well. Love it. Yes, sir. 13 games a year, five starts. DeAndre Swift, I think he could get 800 yards rushing and 500 receiving. I do. I think the Lions are wrong letting this kid go. I think you could have had the kid from Bama and this guy, and I think you'd have had a formidable offense, and I think that would have helped Jared Goff even more. I don't know why you move off him. I'm just saying, I don't, I don't buy into that. Okay. Here's Penny now. Trash can number one. <laughs> Here's trash can number one in the Philly backfield. Or wait a minute. Again, I got a sorry tone. I got to keep. Here's bundle number one. <laughs> the last three years, 50 games, he's been available for 18 of them. The last three years, he's been available for 18 games. He started 11 out of 50 games. And here's who he is. The last three years, he averages six games a year with three starts. That's not a trash can. That's a tomato can. That's a tomato can. Rashad Penny's a tomato can. So you're telling me out of 50 ball games in the last three years, he's averaged six games a year and starts three. Dude, the only guy you have in the backfield right now, in my opinion... The only dude you have in the backfield right now that's worth the shit is DeAndre Swift. And by the way, 13, he averages 13 games a year, the last three years and five starts. Totally cool with that. And by the way, better O-line. The, the Lions don't have a shitty O-line. They're ranked third. But this is better. Probably could even add a little more health to him. All right. Without further ado... I bring in, oh my, I can't wait to tell him something that we're working on too. He's going to love this. He's going to absolutely love this. Let's bring in my boy, Philly Five. I can't I got hear a cigar go. company that is going to make sticks with the Sills logo on it. And I'm, dude, I'm telling, I know I owe you a Jerome Brown hat. I'm going to bundle it up for you, put some cigars. 
And after every win, we're going to light one up. It's going to have the Cilio logo on it. Are you ready, I love it. ready to roll? Yeah, I love it. That's awesome. 30 I, days, I, somebody's putting my name on a stick. How do you like that? That's, that's awesome, man. You know you've, you know you've arrived when, when your yes. name goes on a cigar. You know See, what I mean? Somebody asked me, Sills, do you want to do hats, T-shirts? I go, I don't want to do that shit, man. Everyone does it. <laughs> Somebody goes, what about a stick, a cigar? I go, high quality, you know? I know I can't get a Cuban, but I'll take a Dominican. I'm good with that, you know? Yeah. So I'm going to drop absolutely. a little Dominican with Big Sills. And I was like, yeah, I'm ready to rock and roll. I think I may yes, even have. I'll show it to you later. I got it. I got a cigar of what it's going to look like. So I want to put my name on a cannoli. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know? wow. Yeah. You know, that would be great. How many, how many people on YouTube have cannolis named after them? Can you imagine Nobody. that Philly 500 cannoli? Yes. So the 500 cannoli. Extra stuffed. <laughs> extra, no, right. Extra stuff inside the middle. I love it. That's it, yeah. Cilio Cannoli. How about this? Cilio Gabagool. <laughs> Cilio Gabagool. By the uh, I love it. All right, man. I got some questions here for you. Hey, by the way, you know, there, there's a method to the madness of this thing here with the Eagles, man, not practicing a lot. Burrow got carted off today. You see that? I, I just mean, saw that. I just saw that, yeah. You know what, I'm too. so against these hour practices, but now I think they're doing the right thing, man. But do, do you think uh, do you think that the lack of hitting and stuff uh, causes these guys to get hurt more though? Yes, early like, on. Yeah, that's why you see a lot of you see a lot more today. Lower body um, injuries, lower extremities, like ankles and knees and twists and calves. Mm. I think yeah. you see those because of the turf and the lack of movement in training camp. And I do, but right. I'll say this to you, Philly. If I'm going to lose Joe Burrow, I don't want to lose him on the first day of practice walking over no. to get a cup of water. I'd rather lose no. him in the Bills game. No, I know. I mean, they weren't even hitting, right? So that's that's just a bad break. Hopefully it's not it's not serious, but that's a bad break. Who is the most intriguing eagle – Heading into training camp and into the 2023 season. Oh man, that that's a really good question because there's so many. You know, I'm gonna say uh Jordan Davis, because I think Jordan Davis, if he can be what we drafted him to be, I think he has the ability to take the defense to another level. I also think he could help the linebackers out uh by taking double teams and stuff like that. So I really think Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Jordan Davis is a, a very intriguing to me. Uh, that's that's where I would go with that. Me as Dean, I just Dean's, yeah. I I, I just I just uh, you know again, you're asking him to do. Do you think that guy's going to put 160 tackles up like uh, T.J. Edwards did a year ago? I don't know. I, I don't know. 160. Oh, oh, oh look at you. Why do you mean? 
there, there's no straddling here. Do you think that Nicobe Dean is going to give you the production that TJ Edwards gave you with four picks and 160 tackles and a hundred solo? If you're gonna if you're gonna put a gun in my head, I'm gonna say yeah. I'm gonna say yeah. But but you am don't I don't sure? believe no. that. You're hoping that. I I it's 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 hard it's hard to know what a guy's gonna do when you've never seen him on the field in a professional game, right? Except for one time. So there is a question mark. But here's my thing with Nicobe Dean. The Eagles, they they're very high on him. They've got to think a lot of him to put him in that situation. So I have to I have to hope that that he's gonna be good to go. But I, I think it's a legitimate question. I think the linebacking spot, all the linebacker spots pretty much are questionable. We we don't know. I mean, you're I think so it's fair. Lucky. You're so lucky because that's the only way you can live off that answer is the fact that he hasn't done it. And they have to have, but I, but I pulled it out, baby. <laughs> hey, hey, you, and I can't debate that because you're right. You're right. You don't know really what you have right now today on July 27th. You don't know. Um, and for them to do that, I'm going to tell you one more time, Philly. I think the mistake that Howie made in the offseason was not bringing Edwards back at seven million or six yeah. million because to me, he's your quarterback. And you let the quarterback right. your defense go. Right. Well, I mean, we're going to see. I, I obviously think that part of the reason why Edwards went uh, is because of the Eagles' belief in N'Kobe Dean. I, I, I really think that at least going into the season where we are, I think that this team really legitimately thinks they got a better linebacker than they had a year ago or they wouldn't have done it. Um, I really believe that. That's why I, I – pretty comf comfortable with Nicobe Dean. I think, I think he's going to be better than you think. Okay. Let me throw this at you here. Um, Eagles have, do they have enough depth at cornerback? They got a lot of defensive backs. I, I'm pretty comfortable with the cornerback situation. The only thing that worries me a little bit is that we go into another training camp and Avante Maddox is still hurt. He, he still he was limited with a, a big toe injury. So it's like, you know, um, is this guy going to be able to stay healthy a whole year? Because if, if he's not, I, I think there are some questions. I mean, they've got a lot of different defensive backs in there. So I, I think that they think – they, you know, they'll be okay. But, I mean, I'm a little worried about Vontae Maddox and, and his health. Just because you got a lot of apples in the barrel don't mean they're No, it, it doesn't mean anything. Yeah, I agree. So, I mean, again, we're inexperienced at the – like I said, I think – here's my concern with that. I think Slay's not – I think Slay here, – here's my prediction. I think Slay – He's going to continue on what he did in his decline a year ago. I think he's going to have week eight. We're going to find out. May put his hand up, bail out. Do you have somebody you feel good to put in there? See, a year ago, you had depth where you could have slid CJ over the corner if there was any devastating injury, and you could have mm. slid somebody else into that slot safety there. Mm. You don't have that affordability and experience in that. You know, you right. know what I'm saying? Right, right. Well, All right, you know, let me throw this at you here. I got to say, though, Slay, you know, I, I think a lot of the problems that you saw with Slay last year is how they use them. So you thought it was more schematically from Gannon? Well, yeah, because Sills, when they played week two, they played the Vikings. They He shut down Justin Jefferson. He sure did. He followed him. But how come 
in, in weeks uh, after those games, how come they didn't let him shadow the best player? Corners are very, you know, corners want to go against the best receiver. That's what they, they feed off of. And I, I don't think they use Darius Slate the right way. Okay. Um, do you really believe that they have a true competition at the punter position? And the reason I bring that up is this. There's only one player on the field, Philly, that if you're offense or defense, for whatever reason, you have a couple three and outs offensively, your defense is giving uh, yards up, but you get a stop. There's only one guy in the field that could change field position with one play, and that's a quality punter that could put the other team back inside the 20-yard line. And I don't believe that they have, with these two dudes that they have and these two trash cans that they have that in, in camp, I think that's a problem for these guys here, man. And so, to me, do you believe that there's truly a competition for the punter, or do you think it's Simpos's job? So, what was it? The Garbage Pail of the Year award they're going to yeah, get? Yeah, right. I mean, you know what a Garbage Pail does? He sits there on the side, you throw garbage <laughs> and shit into it. He right. comes out once a day or once a week on Tuesdays to get mm -hmm. picked up. He does his job. Then he goes back to the sideline, and he throw garbage on him again. That's right. to me what a punter and a kicker are. They're right. garbage cans. Okay, I, they're nothing else. They're not football players. They're garbage cans. Right, and right. I think the Eagles may have one of the worst garbage cans with holes in it. I, I don't know. I don't know enough about uh, Legatron, Zentner guy. I, I don't know enough about Legatron. That's what they call him, right? <laughs> I but, guess. But but I don't like Sippos. I, I, I think that legitimately one of the weakest parts of this team are is the punting position. And I do think it makes a difference. I, I think it would be nice if we could uh, pin some teams back. So I, I think, I think I would upgrade my punter, at least bring in competition. Okay. I want to ask you this one here. Now, will one of the new DTs, I got to go to, I got to go to my boy tones numbers here. I think you can see him too. Um, I've got, will he be able to produce 11 sacks? 60 tackles, 16 hits on the quarterback. Is there a guy that's on the current roster right now, 10 TFLs, 10 TFLs, 10 tackles for losses, 16 hits on the quarterback, and 11 sacks? Is between Jordan Davis and Jalen Carter, do you replace those numbers? I think combined, you will. I think it's very hard to. What's it going to take to 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 get those numbers? Well, I mean, listen. I think it's kind of hard. It's kind of hard to to have a rookie come in and say, "Well, you got to produce eleven sacks to you know be successful." Uh, that's kind of hard. I think he's going to have. I I predicted that that Jalen Carter will have nine and a half sacks this year. I think he's going to be up there, and I think Jordan Davis is going to have four or five. I think combined. It'll be a better and it'll be better than what they had in Hargrave. But I think it's unfair to think that a rookie is going to come in and get 11 sacks. That's crazy. I, the reason that I say this is okay, so two guys are going to have to get for the production of one guy. So you're comfortable I, with the depth at DT then? Because the well, depth yeah, at yeah. DT a year ago, okay, yeah. you had guys, one guy put those numbers up. You had right. another guy in Fletcher Cox. You Do you understand?
Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. the greatest fans on earth it's a bold statement but would you expect anything less from philadelphia 58 years of heartache creates a toughness a grit a resolve not found in most sure our prayers were answered but now that we've had a taste we're looking for more pondley hockey official partner of the philadelphia eagles all right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really, don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready, all right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left, fake them out. Mama, go up, up, up! She did it. Again? You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh-huh. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. They're like the Ravens in the uh, 49ers Super Bowl. They just turned the lights out on me here. Maybe, maybe I know what happened. Howie Roseman at the Novacare Center goes, this guy's <laughs> making too much freaking sense here, man. I got to cut shut this guy's ass down here a little bit. But as I was Wait, saying, here's, here's my issue. Philly with, okay, you're replacing one guy with two guys. Mm-hmm. Your depth level now at D-tackle is not deep because you're counting on Milton Williams to be your rotation guy and the kid from the Saints compared to what yeah. you had a year ago. So my my additional question was going to be, do you think Howie does exactly what he did a year ago by adding another veteran defensive tackle in there? I, I mean, I think that's possible, like if Sue wants to come back or something like that. But I, I also think that when we talk about production of those two guys, I don't think the production of those two guys will equal Hargrave. I think the production of both those guys will be better. You, you know what I'm saying? Oh, so, so you think you're going to be like you're, you, you're looking at maybe 13 sacks between the two and maybe yeah. 100 tackles between the two? Yeah, yeah and, and I also think that the run game – uh, will be better with Jordan Davis out there. Um, to me, Jordan, like I said before, I, I think Jordan Davis is really the key to this thing. Uh, you, you know, Hargrave was great, but uh, you know, but in the long run, Jalen Carter is going to have higher upside. Um, as for his rookie year, you know, he's a rookie; he can only do so much. But I still think that you look at Milton Williams and you look at the kid's street. I still think they've already got a pretty good rotation. Um, I, I think they'll be fine, but, yeah, they might add one. That's okay. Help me out here. Why is Derek Barnett still on this football team? Dude, it's six, Dude. 
years. <laughs> you are going to get no argument from me. Uh, I I would have I would have been done with him two three years ago. You know, I guess they need somebody to go off sides or, or get penalties late in games because I, I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I would let him go and I would sign Yannick Nagagwe before I would keep him around. I like that kid, um, too. And yeah. I think he's probably um, a little too expensive. OK, but I want to write this down here for you here. And I'm going to again, I'm not going to throw a poisoned opinion here at this here, but I am going to ask you what you're what your your take is over the last five years, the Philadelphia Eagles have got no production out of Derek Barnett, which is six, obviously. You want to go six. Okay. First rounder. Mm-hmm. They got no return on investment on Andre Dillard, first rounder. No. They got no return on investment with Jalen Rager. And it no. was a complete – I don't want to – hey, that's funny. I never thought of this question, but – and they moved off of Wentz. Now, how about this? You know, Wentz is a little different, and I'll ask that other question here on him. What's your take on losing all those first-round draft choices and moving off of them? Uh, you know, well, they they all stunk, so you had to move you had to move off of them. But I mean, they're these, all first-rounders. Some though. of the issues, yeah, but these are some of the issues that I've had with Howie Roseman in the past. What with drafting, um, I do think it seems like whatever the problem was. With the last draft pick being uh, Rager, uh, it seems like they've kind of changed the way that they do it. And um, I think if you look at the last few drafts, I think they've actually done a really good job. So I feel like, yeah, those were bad drafts. Those are bad mistakes. But I don't think they're drafting the same way or and approaching it the same way. Because if they were, there's no way they would have ever took Devontae Smith uh, a few years ago. So I think, I think that they have kind of changed their philosophy um, and I think that's helping a lot. I, so again, I think I think it's a great point. You think it shifted the personnel department, and it shifted the mindset on how they look at guys. Instead of going after a guy from North Dakota State, they're sticking right. in the Southeastern Conference, right? And they're yeah. going to go with guys who play against great comp. I, I, right. I think you're dead on. By the way, do you believe that Carson Wentz era? Was a win or a loss? What a Super Bowl! I think it was. I think it was. I, I think you, he is the all-time single-season touchdown and passing yards leader. Yeah, I I think you probably have to say win. You won a Super Bowl. I, I and I don't believe that if Carson Wentz doesn't have that year he had in 2017, I don't believe you go to the Super Bowl. I don't believe Nick Foles would have played a whole year. He he had it in the past. So I, I think that I agree. it's a success. You know, isn't that crazy? It finished like a train wreck. It did, yeah. But the era, would you t- – I mean, how many years did he play in Philly? Six? What, like, something like that, five, something like that. Yeah, five, okay. six. So he won a division title, and then he helped part of it, a division mm-hmm. title, broke records – Part of a Super Bowl championship team. He was 11 yeah. to 2 during the Super Bowl run. You don't get home field. How about this? Surely Foles wins the game. I get it. That guy won home field advantage for you, though. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, no, I mean, he said he set everything up for, for the Eagles, you know? And I, and I believe that there was a, I don't believe the Carson Wentz that was 2017 was really ever came back. 
You know, it's like, it's like, I think with, with mentally when Foles won that Super Bowl, it was like, I, I just don't think he recovered from it. I, I you think that injury in the Coliseum was the beginning of the end? Yeah, I do. I, I, and I think the other one was the, the one in the playoffs where he, he gets hit in the back of the head against Seattle. I think that was, that was, that was the finish. That was the knockout punch, you know? Um, but he just, he just never seemed to be the same after that. Isn't that crazy that you look at how, and because it's polluted about the finish, but the start resulted in him winning you home field advantage. And I think you had to have home field advantage, in my opinion, in 17 to win the Super Bowl. Right. And you got I agree. It, and they did. And then Foles had that crazy great run like Hostedler did. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, you would have to say that the Carson Wentz era in Philadelphia was a success because it resulted in something no other quarterback during the time of him starting was able to do. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. And saying that, I will say this. And uh, get this, we, and I feel dirty saying that. Yeah, yeah. I, I think this era right now is going to be even better than that. So you, how many, how many NFC title games do you see him going to? I think he's going to win two Super Bowls at least when it's all said and done. You think Jalen Hurts wins two Super Bowls? Yeah, I do. I think this is the. I I said this. I believe we are in the golden era of Philadelphia Eagles football. You know, what my boy Tone would tell you, what? "Don't you got to win the chip?" Yeah, he's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna do it. He'll, he'll win. I, I truly believe it. I'll, I'm going to bet some money on it. Don't worry. All I, right. I'm, let me say I, this I, to I, you. I'm, How do you get Nolan Smith on the field? Boy, you got to find a way. It sounds like, I mean, he sounds, he's so impressive. Um, You got to find a way to do it. Um, I would like to have him and Hassan Reddick on the field at the same time when given the opportunities. Uh, that's, that's going to be up to the defensive corner, but, I think you you know it sounds like he's just so talented, so so quick that you got to find ways to use him. So I, I really hope that they do that. Okay, let me a couple last questions because we were interrupted here. Um, if you're Sean Desai, do you have a problem with Matt Patricia looking over your shoulder? How no. about this, Philly? You're at work. Your boss mm-hmm. hires somebody to make sure you're doing your job. And he doesn't yeah. answer to you. He answers to some, the owner. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't have a problem with that. Yeah, that, like like put that way, yeah, of course. But is that is that the way it's structured with, with Patricia? He's well, looking human at nature tells you if you hire a watchdog, what's he in yeah. the building for then? I, I, I have... comes out today and says, man, I'll tell you what. You know, a guy that I confide in and a guy that I really has been a really great asset for me has been Matt Patricia. I haven't heard this. Okay. I haven't heard this. Man, I'll tell you the Sean Desai installments and things he's doing and the new scheme and the new defensive front and how it looks. Holy shit, this guy is going to be more aggressive. Than- I hadn't heard any of that. All I heard was this boy, Matt Patricia, man, this guy's really great. I love right. this guy. Unbelievable! He's been a confidant. You're not right. You're, you're you got a problem with that? No problem with that. I mean, no, no. I mean, put put that way. And I really put like zero thought in it. <laughs> but but yeah, I guess so. 
Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, the way you make it sound, yeah, absolutely. But I, I, I don't want, I don't well, want. But you don't think in that's in the building line? So wait a minute, you can't do that to me here. No, 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 no. If I, if somebody was over your shoulder looking at what you're doing, and say you're not getting mm-hmm. it done in the beginning, you're mm-hmm. giving up a ton of points and yards. Right. You're not going to feel a little insecure about a guy looking no, over your shoulder, I, running I, back. I, no. Coach. I, I guess so. If the coach is coming out talking about about him and how great, yeah, I guess. Oh, I love him. Be. He's so yeah. good. You should see when we make out at night. It's wonderful. I can't believe it. Holy yeah. shit! Me and him are yeah. eating. We're eating the Philly five hundred cannolis and smoking on the big seal sticks. Man, this is unbelievable. We're boys. You don't have a problem with that? Yo, it looks. Listen, listen it, I I guess I would, but it could also be. You know, maybe maybe he's blowing him up because he can't stand him. It's like when you go to a, a bar, you're like back in the day when you were single, and you there's two girls, one pretty, one kind of ugly, but you talk and be nice to the ugly one because you want the pretty one to see how good of a person you are. See, and then she gets all jealous, and and you work it that way. Maybe that's what he's doing. Look at this. I don't so know. He's working it. Last question for you. <laughs> what know. young eagle makes the biggest impact? On the football, you had, you had no rookies or young players or first-year starters. Well, A.J., that's first-year starter. I mean young players. Has an impact on this 2023 season. Who is uh, that? Are you, are you saying specifically rookies or, or – I'm uh, saying just... kind of first-year young players, a guy that they're putting <laughs> in there. I, I think – I'm going to say Jordan Davis. I think Jordan Davis is primed for a big year. I think he's going to shut a lot of people up. I think Big Sills is going to have to talk okay, about so what a great a PR rep was. now for Jordan Davis. Man. I am. I am. You're I'm for the Jordan Davis. Me and him, me him are on the same diet. What are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> what the, he, he, hey, he's lost a ton of weight, man. He looks great. He looks great. I even saw a tricep. Looks like a model. When he was flexing. Yeah. And, and, oh, and, and listen, his conditioning looks really good. good, man. I mean, holy He looks good. Cow. He's gonna. You're gonna. Sills. Big Sills is gonna have to be talking about how great Jordan Davis is this year. Get ready. Jordan Davis is gonna have a big year. Let me sneak one more in on you here. Jalen Hurts. Does he finish in the top three MVP this year? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yes. You know, Mike Missinelli no. came on yesterday or the day before, and he said that he's gonna have a step back. Well, I mean that, that. I guess that's natural. People think that happens when you have such a such a great year. But I, I don't look at it like that. I, I think I think there was room last year for Jalen Hurts to improve, and I think that this year he's going to in the passing game. I think his running numbers are going to come down some, but I think his passing numbers go up. Wait a minute, you think the rushing numbers go down with that garbage can running back room and all them trash cans in the running back room? The running backs are fine. They're Hold on, fine. wait a minute. Wait, they, no, I can't help you out of here on that one because now that I found out that you're the Jordan Davis uh, PR rep, I, I got to <laughs> yes, throw I this am. at you here. Wait a minute. Wait a minute here. I love Jordan Davis. I see this. Pause. Let me say this to you here. The guy the other side, he remind he's more Jerome though, dude. Yeah. Oh yeah, I agree. I agree. But uh, but here's I feel Swift. like we know what we're gonna get with him. Here's Swift versus that garbage can Penny. Let me say this to you. Here, look at Swift the last three years. By the way, just so you know, don't jump my ass right away because he goes, Sills, this is the only guy I care about. This is the only guy I give a shit about, too. The rest of those guys are tomatoes. 
I would, I would, I would say this to you here. Look, last three years, out of 50 games, he played in 40. You missed 10 over three years. All right. I mean, 16 starts, and here's who he is. And I'm not talking about production here. He plays about 13 games a year with five starts. That's over the last three years. That's not awful. Mm-hmm. Here's Penny the last three years. Out of 50 games, he's been eligible to play in 18, and he played in 18. He had 11 starts. So over the last three years, he's averaged six games a year and three starts. What's his, what's his you average feel comfortable per carry? Go- what? What's his average per carry in those games? Well, you get it for six games, probably really high. Yeah, it's like six and a half yards. Yeah, you get him for six games. There's oh, I, I, listen, listen to me. I'm with Tone. It's it's about Swift. It's about DeAndre Swift. Um, I I think this is all about DeAndre Swift, and I think with DeAndre Swift, you have to remember one thing, and this is a big thing. He played in Detroit. Detroit has a knack for screwing guys up. I I, and, I think Detroit's wrong them. here. I do too. I so, think I'm so, getting. I would have kept. He had one more year on his deal. I would have kept him, put him with the rookie, yeah. moved off of him if you feel you didn't want to pay him in the mm-hmm. offseason in 24. I I think that's the second move that they've made in the last five years or four years, moving off of Slay and moving off of mm-hmm. this kid. Because mm-hmm. I think this kid's a good ball player, man. I do. I do too. He's just got to stay healthy. I mean, the, the whole key. And I guess Howie Roseman, what he's probably thinking is, if I bring both these guys in, and just one of them stays healthy, we'll be probably be okay. And I think that it's most likely that DeAndre Swift is going to stay healthy. He he is a, he is a factor because I think if DeAndre Swift is healthy and can play and can start, I think he has. I think he puts up. He could put up better numbers or close to what Miles Sanders did. Jesus, hey, except for on. except except for you think except, he can put up Christian McCaffrey numbers? No. Miles Sanders, them. Miles Sanders. Okay. Miles. You see, but do you think they really need that, or would you would you rather have this Philly, thirteen hundred yards rushing, eleven touchdowns, or would you rather have this, eight hundred fifty yards rushing, five hundred and fifty yards receiving? Yeah. Would you? I'd rather have the McCaffrey back. Yeah, I'd rather have the total yards and, and the receiving yards. And I think that's what they're going to use him in a lot with. I think the one great thing about him is going to give this offense a whole nother element, and that's a you know, receiving game out of the backfield. So uh, I, think, I think Swift is the guy that we have to focus on. I think he's the guy that's going to end up being the featured back in this offense. They may, they may share the rotation right now, but I think at the end of the day, it comes down to DeAndre Swift, and he's got to stay healthy. Chocolate chips on those cannolis? Yeah, of course. Do I look like I'm going to skip the <laughs> no, chips? No. Yeah. That's what somebody no. says to me. They go, Sills, you know, what kind of sandwich you like? And I go, well, I'll tell you what, it ain't half a sandwich. <laughs> Ah, do right. I look like do me and Philly 500 look like a half a sandwich kind of guy? Dude, yeah. I'm a full fledged six footer, man. Hell yeah. Jersey Mike's with- too, man, because they got better meat. I'm going with the better meat instead of the sub. He wants the better meat paws, but yes, I agree. That's right. And don't be a That's favor. It. I'm not eating anything out of them joints. I got Parmesan. No get no Parmesan chicken sandwiches, man. White guys make those. I'm looking for Italians. Or somebody, I, I don't go. eat white guy meatballs. <laughs> I, hey, my 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 wife's 
my wife's mom, just to leave you on this, because I know you mean you are, should be on the food network too. I know. Right. So, you know, my, my wife's mom, she makes these, this like um, meatballs and I don't know, spaghetti. And so I, I go, is that ragu? She's like, I go, okay. So we're making this shit and I'm eating. My wife was just like it. And I go, <laughs> I'm eating this. I, she goes, what do you think? I go, these are the special meatballs. And I go, <laughs> I go, yeah, yeah. I mean, I probably, you probably made these down in Tuscaloosa, Alabama or something, right? <laughs> then I gave her my grandma's meatballs right off the boat. And she's like, oh my God, these, and I, it's like crack cocaine. I go, don't ever eat white guy meatballs. <laughs> People who work at sub shops that are not Italian are white and make white guy meatballs. Those aren't meatballs, dude. <laughs> That's like telling me that Tony Romo's is Italian. <laughs> Tell the folks how they can get on your uh, just on, on, your, on your sensational podcast. Yes, uh, Philly five hundred. Uh, just type in Philly five hundred. I'm sure it'll come up. They'll probably have some reaction of me going off on something or not, but. Uh, it's pretty easy to find me. There you go. Hey, that's right, Max. Just remember, words to live by by big sales. Don't ever eat white guy meatballs. Hey, brother, I appreciate it, man. Thank you, man. Hey, now that I, I found it. out, though, too, man, you're like the new PR rep. And I'm, I'm getting ready for a press release right now. I'm going to go work on it for Jordan Davis. Man, the Jordan Davis guy, man, is here in the house. That's for Jordan gangster. Davis about to go off. Thank you, Philly. I appreciate you, man. it, brother, man. All really right. cool stuff, man. Right. By the way, Bye. Philly gave me also the updates on the um, – on the Elliot Polly Shore Spitzer guy on the um, <laughs> Jalen Hurts bullshit. Hey, Philly, thank you, brother. Thank you, man. Appreciate you got it. it, man. I appreciate it. All right. Power Hour coming up, number three. Hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. Imaginations run wild and time stands still because here you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods.
Score and save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Hi, everybody. My name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech, we offer three major services, the first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. Power Hour, Big Sills, boy! I love Matt Patricia, man. He has been such a goldmine asset. Wow, what a great confidant unbelievable man i could bounce anything off this guy he is the best it'd be nice if you were making everyone feel comfortable about your d coordinator like that okay who does this guy answer to who does matt patricia what's his freaking job title nick sirianni's boy Man, I love this guy. I mean, dude, you have to understand something about an NFL locker room and a coaching office. Insecurity is everywhere. Nothing's a given that you have your job the next day. Okay? Man, I love this guy. He's the way, oh, man. Oh, Jesus, criminy. Seriously, why don't you guys get a room? I think you and Nick need a room, dude. Man, I love this guy. He's the best. Hey, Jesus Christ, me. Uh, holy cow. Yeah, man. Yeah, man, I got to tell you, man, it's really wonderful to have a guy like Matt Patricia. I don't know. Just... Okay. My daily... Sixers rip, and I'm sure Tone will put on his black Sixer hat. Where do the Philadelphia 76ers come off talking about the commanders and how great they are in the community and all the bullshit that they posted on their Twitter page and on their social media platforms about the Washington commanders and what a great job they're doing now in the community and all the things they're doing. I thought the 76er PR department was there to promote Sixers and players in the community. Go to their social go to go to their social media platform. The Philadelphia 76ers posted on their Twitter page about the commanders and how great they are. I, I put it on my that they may have taken it down. I, I put it on my Twitter page. You can go over to at Dan Cilio Show how great they are and all this and that. And wow, the commanders and Josh Allen and all the thing or Josh Harris and all the shit they're doing. 
Okay. I mean, dude. So you got now an organization in your city that's pimping the commanders. Jesus, criminy. Dude, get your shit right. Get your shit right. That is not a city where you can fence straddle loyalty. Somebody goes, Sills, how do you know that? Because I played pro sports. That's how I know that. You can't waffle and straddle fences and think that you can, well, my owner owns this, that's okay. Nobody said it's not. But, dude, you got to be Switzerland when you own multiple sports franchises. Mike, it goes, no more Sixers talk. Don't worry about it. All you have to do is go over to the Sixers Twitter page. You're posting Washington Command. I don't give a shit what you posted either. I don't want to hear anything about the Commanders. Oh, wait, that's right. I forgot. Your owner owns the Sixers. Jesus, criminy. Tone, that's your team. You might want to check it out a little bit, Tone. You think they're loyal to you? You've got to be kidding me. The chief communications officer for the Sixers posted it on LinkedIn. The head of communications telling you how great the commanders are now under Josh Harris on the Sixer website. Poof. Man, that guy doesn't give a shit about you. He robs you. He totally robs you. And he robs your loyalty more than your money. Man, Mm. don't ever talk to me about calling me an outsider when I'm talking about your teams ever again. Your Sixers are outsiders. That's your process? It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. That owner is the most embarrassing owner In Philly, he's embarrassing. Commanders are great. Look at what Josh, dude, this, you post commander stuff on a Philadelphia legendary sports franchise, social media platforms, all of them, to let everyone know what a great job he's doing in Washington, D.C., since he's taking the reins. Why would you cross over? Are you doing it on the devil's platforms? Did I, I'd be curious that they do that on the devil's platforms too. Mm. You know, wow. You got people in that city that are so loyal to that franchise, and you got an owner that's kind of in. Wow. Man, I feel for you.
It's very uncool. That's very uncool. Okay? They're very uncool. <clears throat> All right, we're going to do some NFL talk in this hour, too. By the way, is it important? Is it important for Jalen to be in the conversation for MVP by the end? Of, here. Will Jalen be, and I asked Philly 500 this, do you think Jalen Hurts will be in the conversation for the MVP in the top three by the end of the year? Well, depending depending on what happened. Hey, Tona, let me give me an update, Tona, if you happen to hear anything on Joe Bur- Burrow. I heard it was an ankle. Okay? God, I'm hoping it's an ankle and not a knee. Okay? So, hey, get this. You take Joe Burrow out of the building. Now you're talking about the MVP race potentially coming down between Allen, Mahomes, and Hertz. Maybe Dak, depending on what kind of year Dak puts up. Okay? It's an Achilles. Man, that's gonna be a that's gonna be some time. That's gonna be some time. Okay. Okay, that's gonna be some time. If it's the Achilles, he could be out two months if that's the case. And if he's out two months in the AFC, they're out. The Bengals won't be able to recover if he's out two months. Okay? If you're out a month, you might not be able to recover. Calf strain, you better hope it's a strain. Now, there's grades on strains. I should take a picture and have my wife take a picture of what a calf rip looks like, okay? And Achilles injuries look like, because I got one, and believe me, I could barely, I I walk with a limp, okay? Ian Rappaport, I'm seeing calf strain, according to Zach Taylor, the head coach of um, of the Bengals. So you better hope it's a strain, because if it's a pull, he's out a long time. If Burrow doesn't get a contract extension, does he ask for a trade? Um, would they pick the option up? Whew, boy, the Bengals just puts them in a financial issue now. They're probably in the middle of a contract negotiation to make them the highest paid player, give them more money than Justin Herbert. Do you still go through with that? Now it's a calf strain. It's not a knee injury. It's different. I still go ahead with my – I still go ahead with the contract because it's not structural damage. It's it's a muscle pull. could happen to anybody. I still go forward. Now, if he had blown his knee out, I have a problem with that. And I would have a problem with that if I was – if I was the Bengals or if I were the Eagles, I'd have a problem with that. Does Milton Williams have a better year than Jordan Davis? He may have more numbers than him and be more productive number-wise than him. He could be. Yes, JM, I agree. I think the Bengals, I think they have some sort of leverage now where you may want to shorten the years on on that contract because of the – how about this? Because you could say this if you're the Bengals. 
Well, go to his agent and go like this. Okay, it's not structural, but it's becoming habitual. Where we're seeing something pretty much every other year since he's come out of college. Got hurt his first year. Um, he, what was it, like an epidec epidectomy yes, last year? Is that what it was? Something like that? Now he's got a cat. It's been something every year that's kind of slowed him out of the gate a little bit. Here's another thing, right? I, I, he had an issue last year too, right? But because it's calf, I don't think that slows the conversation up. Okay? But I don't think you put a five, six-year deal together for the guy. I think you put a four-year contract with options in there. And I think it becomes more team-friendly on how they can move money around and how they can move you around a little bit and don't give you the freedom that you want. Now, if you're Burrow, do you fight that? Yet to be determined. Um, can you imagine Joe Burrow hitting the open market? Keon, if Joe Burrow hit the open market, he'd be worth $65 million a year in every single team. All 31 teams would go after him. All 31, including the Eagles, would make a pitch for him. Bills included. Guys you just signed. Who would you rather have? Justin Herbert or Joe Burrow? There's not a quarterback in the game today, except for Mahomes, that you wouldn't want him taking over for. Nobody would be safe. Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow? No, thank you. I'll take Joe Burrow. I'll take Joe Burrow. He's a better player. You know it and I know it. And Hurts has his own history of injuries. Put that in there. Agreed. There's a history here of injuries now with Burrow too, but there's a history of injuries with Jalen. Okay? A lot of money, man. We're going to throw some questions out like we did yesterday. Okay, Dan, do you listen to yourself speak? I will take Lamar. You take Lamar Jackson over Joe Burrow. Go ahead. What's Lamar Jackson? He beats them every year. He's been in two AFC championship games in a row. Do you understand something in the last five years, four years of football? The Eagles are about to look like the Marvin Lewis days. Can I show you something about Joe Burrow the last four years? So let me get this right. He's the first pick in the draft. He won a national title. He won the Heisman Trophy. He won an AFC championship game, a quarter away from winning the Super Bowl, got back to another AFC championship game. So in the last four years, this guy's won a national title, an AFC title. He's been to the playoffs two of the three years. The first year he got hurt, obviously, got hurt halfway through. But the production that this guy has had, name me another quarterback outside of Mahomes that had that kind of success. Your guy had one year. This guy's been doing it for four. And by the way, blew the doorknobs off of Hurts in the semifinal game. What did he throw for, 800 yards? But, but, I mean, against Oklahoma, didn't LSU throw? Didn't he throw for like 800 yards and 10 touchdowns in that game? <laughs> I, I forgot Jalen was the other quarterback in that destruction by LSU. LSU destroyed that team destroyed it 
Ew. Hey, you, if you played on that OU team with Bob Stoops, you might have wanted to put your head under a table because you didn't belong in that game. Get your faces kicked in. Woo! Oh, my God. Jalen was on his back more than any other time in his career in that game because he was playing against elite players. Big 12 players. He had Jefferson and Chase. <laughs> okay. It's called having good... And didn't he have CD? I thought CD Lamb's an elite guy. Didn't he have Sterling Shepard or like somebody? Didn't he? Didn't he have somebody like that in CD Lamb? Didn't he have them? Didn't he have Joe Mixon and shit? I forget. It's people like that on that team. I thought he had good players too. Remember, he did finish second to Burrow and the Heisman. And then when those two teams matched up, crushed it. I mean, the coin. F- here, here. Let me show you something. Here, watch this, Tone. Here's the game Jalen Hurts, Oklahoma versus Joe Burrow in LSU. Game. (laughs) This is how close that game was. Ready? Game. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. (laughs) Man, I forget some of those things. You know, I don't even know how I retain some of that shit. Yes, sir, baby. Here we go. Let's throw this around the room here. <laughs> this is where you and I reach the fork in the room. <laughs> uh, see, see, Tone? You love Sills? You hate Sills. It's all good, man. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, hang hang on. Game. See, there's a propensity that Sills has always had to piss people off. Tone. Game. <laughs> Here. Mahomes and Hurts. Game. Ah. <laughs> uh. Oh, man. It's all good, man. I think your boy's going to be in the top three MVP race by the end of the year, too, man. I think he's going to – hey, by the way, though, I would say this. Oh, my God. Here's the problem you have with the NFL collective bargaining agreement. And here's my problem. So, correct me if I'm wrong, Tone. Ramsey's comes off the field burrows hurt guys in the jet camp are hurt you're seeing people around the league do you know why they're getting hurt because they're not prepared for the rigors of the nfl and if you're not preparing yourself guys never got hurt like this again i sound like old man get off my lawn but jesus criminy these OTAs and mini camps are nothing. They're not preparing you. And what I mean is they're not preparing you for injuries. You just can't ride a stationary bike and expect you to have yourself ready and conditioned physically, twerking the way you move, the way your, your hips have to move, the way your ankles have to move, the way your knees have to move, the way everything has The reason that you put people through that stress test 
is the same reason the SEALs put you through a stress test every year so that you can make the rigors of having to do exceptional things and stressful things. And I just think this leads to more injuries and more catastrophic injuries. What I don't want to see is Case Keenum versus Nick Foles ever again in a conference championship game. The NFL doesn't want to see that. That is not good television. Those are not stars. It's like going to an off-Broadway play. It's bad television. Yeah, but Foles, what? I know. But the league doesn't give a shit about that. They care about TV ratings, revenue. Not whether you like Nick Foles or not. Nobody cares about Nick Foles outside of Philadelphia. Nobody. Especially the people in Park Avenue and in Hollywood, California. Nobody cares. They care about TV ratings. Moving the advertising needle. Nick Foles and Case Keenum don't move a advertising pedal. Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow do. Okay? Can't have that. Can't have that look. Jesus Christ. Case Keenum, Nick Foles at a conference title game? Ugh. How about this one? Unknown Jalen Hurts versus Brock Purdy. I got Hurts at least. He had built up equity. Who's Brock Purdy? Well, he's Mr. Relevant. The networks did their best to build that nobody up. But still, Jalen Hurts, Brock Purdy in a conference title game versus Joe Burrow and Mahomes. What do you think got a better rating? It's not about what's right. It's about what the consumer takes in. The NFL doesn't give a shit about what's right. They care about the consumer's intake and content. That's why the Cowboys, is they're the greatest reality television show that hits the airwaves seasonally every single fall season. There's nothing ratings-wise. There's nothing content-wise that comes close to the... Do you know every year that the Dallas Cowboys win or lose are some of the top 10 most viewed games and most viewed television shows of the year. Do you know that? Yeah, but our Eagles are... I didn't say... This ain't about who's good. This is about who's relevant. The Cowboys don't have to win to be relevant. You do. If the Eagles are four and... They're four and 13. Nobody gonna give a shit about Philly. If the Cowboys are four and 13, that's a major story. If Dak Sonny throws for 20 picks, that's a story. If Jalen throws for 20 picks, nobody cares. Except the people in Philly. 
That's what the NFL and why the NFL will be concerned about Joe Burrow. He's a face, one of the faces of the league. Hertz is not. Dude, I pointed out the last four weeks, maybe this is where Tone and I could get back on the road together here. I pointed out four roads here in the last four weeks that showed you how the league does it and disrespects a guy really put up. Right, no one thinks he's legit. He's totally legit. One thing I've never said, hey, look, I don't know if he's in those guys passing-wise, but I'll tell you, he is a hes a force, Jalen Hurts, the way he plays. He's a weapon. He's a total weapon. The league doesn't see him that way. If, if Hurts throws 20 picks, people will care. They will feel validated in what they say. You know what? If Jalen Hurts threw 20 picks, I'd be disappointed because I've come around to really think that the kid could be a weapon in this league. That that would be not true by me. I would, I would, I don't get, hey, just so, just so Tone knows and everyone, dude, I don't root for failure by people. That's not cool. I don't root for your demise to make me right. That's those old farts that are on the radio and people are in the media that like to be validated. I want to be proven wrong. And I mean that with all my heart as a former player. I don't root for people to make me right. What an asshole way of looking at things. Dallas fans are holding their heads already because Dak threw an intercept. I saw that weapon. Jerry Jones came out prior to that practice too and said, we got to stop with picks. And what does Dak do? He throws a pick in the game. Dude, Chris Sims can do all that shit. I do not... Do you know how cool it was for me to go on the air and go, man, I couldn't have been more wrong about Lamar Jackson. That guy couldn't hit the broadside of a barn the year before. The year comes back next year, and he wins the Most Valuable Player Award. I couldn't believe what I witnessed. And by the way, that's a bigger increase in what that guy did to what Hurts did. That guy in a playoff game against the Chargers the year previous, and what I saw from him in the last – like eight starts of the season, then he wins the most valuable player award unanimously with Breeze, Brady, Mahomes, Peyton Manning, all in the league unanimously. I couldn't believe it. Okay? Couldn't believe it. Unreal. Unreal. That's the best improvement I've ever seen in a quarterback was Lamar Jackson. That, I mean, when, when Harbaugh gave him the reins, I was like, he's got to be out of league in five years. Guy wins the MVP. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> that, that's getting it done. Oh, I wrote down my top 10 NFL head coaches. I want to do that. We'll do that in a minute here, but I want to throw some questions at you here. What NFL rookie, and I mean NFL rookie quarterback, will have the best year? C.J. Stroud, Texans. Anthony Richardson, Colts. Or Bryce Young, Panthers. 
Who has the best rookie year as a starting quarterback of these rookie quarterbacks? Personally, I think Anthony Richardson. Is that guy better than Colin Kaepernick? I, I, I mean, do I see Kaepernick and Anthony Richardson? I like Kaepernick. Just so you know, as a quarterback, I, I think Colin Kaepernick was a fine ball player. I really liked the way he played. That playoff game that he had 278 yards passing and 248 yards rushing was one of the greatest football games I've ever seen a quarterback. It was Vince Young-like, but at the pro level. I've never seen a guy do anything like that. Didn't he do something like that, Tone? Was it Kaepernick against the Packers, was it? In the playoff game, didn't he throw for like 278 and ran for like 188 yards or some shit like that? I mean, he was. God, I, there was some playoff game where he had, I think it was against the Packers, like 178, 88, 278 yards passing. Shit, man. He was a, I, I was just Vince Young-like, but at the pro level. I mean, he is a great-looking ball player. I, I like Colin Kaepernick as a player. Bryce is set up for the best success. He's got Frank, too. But my gut says Anthony Richardson. Despite his lack of success in college, I feel he's going to surprise a lot of people. I think he's Trey Lance. But he just went to Florida. I think he's Trey Lance. What's different? I think he's Trey Lance. Dude, if you don't throw for high completion in college, what makes you think you're going to throw for a high completion percentage in the NFL? I don't get that. He's not accurate. I mean, the one thing you have to do is be accurate. He's just not accurate. He's never been accurate. I think he's 50. And by the way, when Jalen came out of college, Jalen was in the low 60. This guy's 51. So for every 10 passes he throws, Five are incompletions or overthrows and picks. I don't know. Okay. Dude, that's a great, you know, Tone goes like this. This this is the kind of take you like from a guy. This is why Tone's going places. I totally get your skepticism. I can't argue. I think I'm just making a baseless gamble. Well, at least you're going on a limb. You know how easy it is to go like this? Well, I think Bryce Young's going to be the star. <laughs> I mean, are you really on a limb, like a big one, or are you on a little tiny branch? The Anthony Richardson one, by the way, I give this to the Colts. They're definitely rolling the dice here. It's either a grand slam or it's a dud. And they're rolling it. At least one of the things they're doing, I, I, I get it. But, I, I mean, I don't see him being – a better ball player coming out of college than Colin Kaepernick. Cap Colin Kaepernick, I thought was good. I I liked him as a ball player. I did. Um, let me throw this one at you here. It's an eagle question. There's no better coach he could have. And 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 see, there's two things that. In Shane, Shane Steichen being there with what Jalen did, it's a great plug-in. It is. And Bryce going to Frank, that's also a good combination. Okay? 
But and both will get the most out of their guys. So, Tone, you're right. Shane Steichen with that RPO system in, in Indianapolis, correct. And Frank in Carolina will build a boutique offense. And see, you got to remember, Nick Sirianni worked for Frank. Okay? So those guys know how to build offenses for skill sets. That's why you're seeing all these no-name coaches getting jobs. Okay? Let me throw this at you here. This is an eagle question. I got two eagle questions. Yes. Will Terrell Edmonds be an upgrade from C.J. Gardner-Johnson? Do you think he could be an upgrade? NS Well said no. Scott says no. And run support, not coverage. Well thought of. Callie Green says no. Okay. Well, let me defend Terrell Edmonds a little bit. Who do you think has more of a knowledge of the safety position? Gardner Johnson or Terrell Edmonds? Who knows what to do back there? Who's seen now? Again, he's a true safety. Do you think you get an upgrade in knowledge? They both stunk in coverage. CJ's season was inflated due to interceptions. He hardly was in the right place. I think Edmonds will be more fundamentally sound. I'll sign off on that. Here's where you're going to get the advantage with Edmonds over Gardner Johnson. Gardner Johnson's like digs at the, at the slot. See, to me, Diggs gambles too much in that Dallas defense, and that's why he gets beat on plus 25 plays. Gardner Johnson jumps routes. Okay? See, can I tell you what I'm thinking after looking a little more at Edmonds last night and watching him on film? Can I tell you why I think Howie balked at the Bates kind of number that was being flowed around by people in the media and why he's a priority? I think how he thought that CJ was overrated. I think he thinks he's overrated. At the end of the day, he went off the analytics and went, he's overrated. And he looked at the game film and he saw how many times he was out of run fit positions, how he got lost in coverage and how he was just in the right place. Turnovers are not see. The misconception about turnovers is this. People think that that's by design you get those turnovers. Turnovers, in my opinion, 
are the weakest statistic that you could build your defense around because you never know what you're going to get year in and year out in turnovers or plus minus. You have no idea. I was hoping we signed his brother for the linebacker spot. Let me, let me, hey, weapon, I'm saying to you that if you really put your mind to this and you look at how the Eagles see this, is Gardner Johnson really that good? And when you put on the 22 tape, gives you all the coaches' views and how you see things, and you can isolate players. And when you watch him, I would say this to you, coverage-wise, C+, plus, run, run fits, C+. Plus. So Terrell Edmonds, C in coverage? B in knowledge, better run fit guy, gets lost in coverage. Well, so did Gardner Johnson. So did Gardner Johnson. So at the end of the day, is he the athlete CJ is? No. But I don't need you to be a great athlete back there. I need you to be a great football player back there. And I think you're going to get as Tone said, a more fundamentally sound guy playing football back there than what you had a year ago at a cheaper price. So at the end of the day, how he's looking at the guy's professionalism, he's coached in Pittsburgh too. Dude, this guy's not coming from the Cardinals. He's coming from the Steelers. And the Steelers believe in fundamentals, following a structure. They have a lot of guardrails on their defense. See, to me, a lot of guys in Pittsburgh couldn't play or they got a lot of guys in Dallas couldn't play in Pittsburgh. Why? Dude, I think Dan Quinn does a really great job at taking the uh, training wheels off of Michael Parsons and off of Diggs and allows those guys just to – here's – I hope this is making – Tone, is this making sense? I hope you guys are following along, and I'm going to compare somebody to Junior Seau to you. Okay, I hope this is making sense. Junior Seau was the absolute worst linebacker that ever played in the National Football League. Did you hear what I said? Junior Seau was the worst linebacker that ever played in the NFL. Now, I'm going to put some asterisks on this here. Okay, and you know who said that? He said it to me, Rodney Harrison. Here's why. Ron Rivera would have a system lined up. Okay, JM, and I'm going to explain it. They would have a defense with techniques, responsibilities, your job, his job, that guy's job, this guy's job. And everybody would do their jobs. Seau would blow up an entire structure of a defense, run around blocks, get blocked, out of position. But he was so gifted, he would run 45 yards down the field and make a play. Or he'd blow up a blitz, and nobody knew what he was doing. That's why when he got to New England, Rodney had prop, Rodney knew when he went to New England that he was going to blow up Belichick's defense and it did, he did. 
Seau never won a Super Bowl up there. So many times he was at Junior Seau, I would say in majority of the game, half the game he was out of position. But he was so gifted, he would play himself back into position. Do you know how long it took for people to put him in the Hall of Fame? It was a three-minute conversation. Junior Seau was so gifted. If he had had the same brain of Ed Reed or Ray Lewis or people that studied the game like those guys did, Junior Seau would be in the conversation with Lawrence Taylor and Reggie White as the greatest football player that's ever lived. Junior Seau may be the most gifted athlete ever to play defense in the history of the league. And yet, as a linebacker and a fundamental linebacker, he was one of the worst. Constantly out of position, never in the right place. And when he was not in the right place, he would put himself at the end of the play in the right place. But what does that do? It breaks down the other guy's responsibilities on the defense. And you have gaping lanes and gashes where people, to me, and this is what Belichick said many times about Seo, you run plays at Seo because Seo is going to be out of position. But he's going to put himself in position. But what does that do? Other players are not in proper positions. I could play a three technique, and if Junior Seo is running around a block, there's a hole right there. And it makes it look like I didn't play my responsibilities when it was him not doing the responsibility. Everyone's got a job to turn the play back inside to pursuit. Junior didn't give a shit about that stuff. He was running around out there with his hair on fire. That's, that's how he played. But you looked at the film and you went like this. Jesus, grimy, this guy's everywhere. He used more energy to cover his mistakes in games than any player I've ever seen on film. He was never in the right place. But boy, he finished in the right place. He's a machine. Never seen anything like it. Run around the block. They run right up his hole. He'll run down the field 35 yards and get the guy from behind. Cause a fumble. Um, he'll, a guy will break free. He'll run down the field, catch up with the guy, get an INT. It's crazy watching him play. You were just like this. Jesus Christ, and if you ever lined up right, how many times you see Rodney Harrison shaking his head at Junior Sale because he wasn't in the right place? Go and look at some of the films. Harrison's constantly bitching at him. Played with him both in New England and in San Diego. That's, a, that's what I'm talking about with Gardner Johnson. Okay, that's what I'm saying. Gardner Johnson, I think how he looked at him at the end of the day and went like this. Eh, you know, I'm not paying six, eight million dollars for that. I think he's overrated. I think his season was overrated. So if I'm paying two center fielders $14 million, what am I going to pay Gardner Johnson $8 million for? Overhyped and overpadded stats? He thinks Gardner Johnson, this is my opinion. This is an opinion. I think how he thinks that Gardner Johnson stats, I, I think he thought they were inflated. He never had good run fits. He couldn't cover a lot of hot. And he was just in the right place at the right time. <laughs> hey, maybe you give it to Gannon. I don't know. I think he thinks he's a lot of luck. All right. Hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show.
Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety covering green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. E-A-G-L-E-S Eagles Big Jim National Football Club I want to throw a stat at you here Um, You know the Bears have won five games in the last 25 They've won five NFL games in the last 25 games and I'm supposed to believe that they're going to turn the corner with that shitty roster they have now, and they're going to help Justin Fields? No way. No way do I see that. Five games in the last 25 Chicago Bears have won in the NFL. Where in your right mind does anyone think Matt Eberflus is the answer, or Justin Fields is the answer as a combination in Chicago. I mean, there's not a chance any well, Chicago could be asleep. Why would you say that? You've got to go with recent history and what they're doing as an organization. Organizations run in trends. Five, five games in 25 years. 
Mateo's going, Derek Barnett is restructuring his contract. For what, the XFL? Why would you restructure your contract when you're not going to be on the team? What are you going to... Dude, you, if I were him, once again, when Derek Burnett gets his paycheck every Tuesday, this guy, I mean, how about this? I'll throw this at you here. I've said this numerous times to you. Hey, at least Jesse James, he used a gun. He used a gun when he was robbing a bank. All right, a couple more questions for you. Will A.J. Brown top 2022? Dickie has a better year. 2022. Do you think he has a better season than 2022? You think he puts up better numbers? Same. Smith will get more receptions. Christopher, A.J. Brown will decline. I'm glad you brought that up. Let me say, let me put this in there to you then. What if A.J. Brown, let's see what Tone says on this one. A.J. Brown, of what happened last year, I've got to come out and prove it each and every year. Got to earn respect all over again. I'm not riding on that high. Most importantly, we lost. There's no high. Everybody knows what the goal is. We don't even have to speak of it, but we know we got to be prepared for the work to put in and be prepared for the work and put in the work. Okay. Here's what I'd be willing to say to you. If AJ Brown comes in and has 1200 yards and his yards per catch go up, that means he's helped the entire offense grow. And that means other guys were getting touches. Swift, Goddard, Quez. Doesn't that make you more dangerous? A.J. Brown having the same year again doesn't make you better. What makes you better? Goddard, Swift, and Quez. In Improving production. Because then who are you covering? That's the key to this. AJ putting AJ putting up 14, 15. I, you know, and, and I love people when they do this. Well, he'll have 1,500 yards. That's not really where I'm looking at. I want AJ Brown to have an impact on the entire offense. And what he has an impact on the entire offense, Devontae gets 100 catches. Goddard's at 900 receiving yards, 75 catches. Swift's got 50 catches. Quez has got 50. Jalen's a better, more accurate passer. That's right. Tone's echoing it. If AJ takes a step back, and get this, his yards per catch go up. 
everyone else will take a step forward and you become more. How about this? If AJ takes a step back and the other numbers on the team improve, did he improve the offense? Yes. That means he's more of a weapon. That means he's not replaceable. Putting 1,500 yards up, Devontae Adams was replaceable in Green Bay. Even though he really wasn't, he was. They moved on anyway. Tyreek Hill was replaceable. You know why? Because Mahomes spread the ball out around everybody on the team. Shit, you could have a game when the Kansas City Chiefs. I think how many how many people touched the football in the Super Bowl? Eleven. That makes you undefensible when you're doing that. Who are you going to cover, Cotter? Okay, Devonta. So look, tell me this: How many teams do you think? Have to cover people that can cover. What team? How about this? Damn, I wish we had another hour. How many teams do you think have the personnel on defense to cover this? AJ? Devontae? Goddard? And Swift? How many teams have people... You think, okay, most people have at least one corner, one CB1. Most people don't have a cover corner, too. That means that 85% of the time, Devontae Adams is going to be killing people and wide open. How many linebackers do you think in the NFL today could cover Goddard? Four? Three? That means 85% of the league can't cover him. Okay, so you got your best corner on your best wide out. You got your second best corner, which is usually a pretty far fall unless you're one of the elite teams like the Eagles, the Cowboys, the Dolphins, the Jets. Who's covering Devontae again? Your second best corner? He's winning that. Linebackers in today's NFL covering Goddard? You know what? Hey, you want to know why the tight end position Maniac, you want to know why the tight end position? Think about it, Tone. You want to know why the line? You want to know why the tight end position is becoming such a major force? Because the linebacking position is becoming so shitty, and these guys are wide open, dude. You don't have linebackers like you did back in the day, like Ray Lewis or Ryan Chazier that could eat your tight end up. You you don't have these linebackers in the game. That could just sit there and cover these dudes. So he takes a step back. Everybody else goes up in production. I don't know about you, Chief. That's not a bad thing. It also puts more value on A.J. Brown when it comes to negotiating. Hey, you take me off that team? You really think you have another decoy that's going to attract the CB1? Because you got to have a wide receiver. What Tone says, at the uh, premium positions, you better have a wide receiver that attracts CB1. Or guess what? You're not going to have your other guys open. Okay? All right. Xander, Big Joe, thank you very much. We really appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. Again, Tone, keep kicking ass. You guys are spectacular. Don't forget tomorrow, 3 to 6 Eastern. And we shall see you on the flip side. 
What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.